Right to Bryden is recorded live in front of a YouTube audience. Speaking of, I really should be the first people you, you turn to. Us first, we'll, we'll sort you out. We'll tell you exactly what to think. Don't, don't go out there and think anything on your own. That would be dangerous. So now Justice Ginsburg is recovering in Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital behind me. Doctors say she's likely to be here for the next couple of days. Despite the dozens of federal agencies that are shut down this morning, many more will remain operational throughout the standoff. Listening to America's journalist. Oh boy! All right, there we go. I think that sounds about right. Um, tell me if the the mic is crackling or being too uh, annoyingly loud. I'm trying to keep it out of the yellow. But this is the last episode of the year. Uh, uh, welcome to the Daily Brap. I'm Joe the Boomer. Um, feeling uh, not not as uh, not as energy filled as I usually am, but I'm sure that we will get that uh, fixed pretty soon. Uh, we definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, but this is the last episode of the year, uh, and uh, hopefully it's going to be the last one uh, without Spicky uh, for a while. Uh, because uh, he is on vacation and should be back next year. We will resume our regularly scheduled programming uh, either on the 3rd or we might take the whole first week of January off uh, as well and come back on the 9th. Um, but I'm not exactly sure yet. I haven't really, I haven't really thought that out yet. Uh, it's, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. I understand, like, a lot of people are... Uh, traveling right now. Hopefully, you're getting ready to do your whole fucking Christmas thing. I know, like a lot of a lot of folks are in the the holiday spirit and all of this, and like you know, okay, you know, everything aside, let's have everybody have a Merry Christmas and da da da. I, I just I want it to be over with. I'm I'm I'm. It has exhausted me this year, and I don't know why. I think it probably has to do with the fact that it hasn't been um, uh, snowing at all. It's just been like slushy and frosty in the morning when I have to go to work or. Uh, it's just like rainy and dreary and shitty. So it doesn't feel like Christmas or like, it feels like Christmas. I guess if you're like a recently divorced dad, <laughs> it's like what the weather's like in Cincinnati. Um, it's, it's just kind of a nightmare. It doesn't feel Christmassy. It just feels like, bleh. so hopefully your Christmas is going a little bit better than, um, than mine. Um, uh, I don't know if you're into that type of thing. Uh, we are, we are an extremely Jewish podcast. So, you know, Hanukkah has been over for a little bit. Uh, one thing I wish Santa would fucking bring me is a goddamn mouse that works. I don't know if it's the batteries or what it is. I might have to, to change the batteries, uh, mid-show, but, uh, it's just not responding the way that it, it should. Also might be that I have ash all over my, uh, my mouse pad, but we got, um, we got all kinds of stuff, uh, to, to discuss this evening. Obviously, uh, Ginsburg in the hospital voted from the hospital, actually voted and we'll talk about what she uh what she voted on at the um uh the uh, uh the second hour uh shut down this uh this ob- obviously is kind of a big deal um guy I, I sprinkled a lot of just like bad terrible news to go into 2019 with of just like 
things that I guess are just funny. I mean, 2019 is really when the nihilism needs to just like kick up full blast, I think. Uh, Mattis resigned. Uh, I've got this fucking hilarious thing about the Brexit you gotta you gotta check out. Uh, their Spiegel had a had a uh, journalist being a journalist. Um, more serious stuff, etc. But um, yeah, there's there's quite uh, quite a lot of stuff. One thing that I do want to discuss though is um, I, does anybody have any New Year's resolutions? Do you guys have any? Do you guys ever do the New Year's resolutions thing? Because I, I never, I've never been one to do that. Uh, I, I always just figure, like, why let myself down? Like that. There's just no chance in hell that I'm going to uh, commit to, any, to anything. So I think maybe I'll have a New Year's resolution of something that I can, um, I, I can stick to. And that's going to be, uh, I'm going to try uh, more cigars. I'm, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to try to catalog and... and and remember the cigars that, that I've tried uh, and kind of review them myself, probably in a notebook or whatever. Um, maybe even, you know, I could tape the band in there. That sounds like a cool thing to do. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that's, that's my New Year's resolution is I'm, I'm going to uh, indulge more in cigars. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I don't know. Other people go to the gym and shit. And I'm like, ah, I'm never going to do that. But all right, let's, uh, let's go, now we can go ahead and get started here. You are now cordially invited to ride shotgun in the smart car of hate. Buckle up, motherfuckers. It's right to ride. Boys can have periods too. Children to be taught in latest victory for transgender campaigners. School children will be taught that all genders can have periods in new sex education classes in a victory for transgender rights campaigners. This comes from the Telegraph, so this is a uh, British thing, so not surprising. But this is coming to America. It'll start in Seattle and California first, but... It was approved by uh, some place that I've never heard of, Brighton and Hove City Council, as they try to tackle the stigma around menstruation. The stigma around menstruation. <laughs> the new advice follows a council report which said trans boys and men and non-binary people may have periods, adding that menstruation must be inclusive to all genders. I, I, I wanted to start out with this one because this is something that's not going away. It's only going to spread. And, and it's, it's just a biological falsehood. We know that. Uh, and they can, you know, make up all the fun things about, like, sex and gender are not the same thing. That's false. I, it's, it, was, it, was that, it was not that way for a very long time. And then they just, you know, some Jewish psychologist guy was like, you know what we could do? Let's just split that up and explain it away. So now boys can have periods. Boys can have periods. That's it's no longer a, a a special time in a little girl's life. It's just it's just something that you know just happen to anybody, man. Just happen to anybody. You know. You know what it reminds me of? You know what it reminds me of? That very old South Park episode. You remember that? When they all were like 
claim they're all pretending to have their periods or what the fuck ever. Uh, and then, like, didn't Kenny die from shoving a tampon up his ass or something? But they were, like, running around shoving tampons up their ass. It's a very old South Park episode. And that's just, that's just where we're at. So thank you, Britain, for that. On fucking Cuck Island out there, the British. We believe... Well, I, I shouldn't... I, I should do a British accent for this one. Uh, I don't think that I can, though. No, I was just going to do a hillbilly accent. That's not going to work. But we believe it's important for all genders to be able to learn and talk about menstruation together. Uh, our approach recognizes the fact that some people who have periods are trans or non-minor. No, they're not. Like, it's just... I, imagine how weird this is going to get when, like they, when, they, when it becomes like a real medical obstacle. You know, where was it, guys? I think it was, I think it was New York. I think it was New York where they're where they're trying to like uh, you can you can change the gender uh, on your birth certificate. Yeah, nothing bad can happen there. No, because I'm pretty sure when you get your dick cut in half and turned into a pussy, it doesn't get rid of your prostate, and those things get cancer like all the time. So like, I mean, if they if they make it to old age, have fun with that. Uh, you know, doctor's not even gonna check. <laughs> It's just a, a an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, I got I got one more of them, one more of them here. I, like I said, I sprinkled these throughout the show because we do have some serious stuff to talk about. But and this is serious too. The whole world was falling apart. Birds were moving slowly and passing out. Now they're recovering from a prescription pill overdose. This is in Huntington Beach, California, paradise out there. Huntington Beach, California, great. It's a great, uh, great place. Great place. Uh, actually, Huntington Beach is, is not terrible. It's like a nice place. I mean, I guess for, you know, Southern California. Somebody dumped hundreds of pills, uh, at Car Park, and then geese, uh, <laughs> fucking ate them. Now, you gotta check this out in the description. Uh, I'll actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and put it into the, uh, the old live chat for the, uh, OIWD, uh, live folks. But you, you really, you need to see the fucking video and the photo. There is this goose. Passed out, feet up in the fucking air, because some jackass dumped a bunch of uh, heart pills, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, all of this shit. So the geese go around, and they're like, I'm a goose, this looks like grain. But I really like the fact that even the fucking animals in California are just overdosing on pills at this point. You've got, you've got geese falling around. I mean, that, that should show you, really, that, I mean, if, if, if you've got so many pills... That people are dumping them into, I mean, they said anti-anxiety medications, and I'm like, whoa, how did those not get picked up? But I guess you probably shouldn't eat pills that you find on the ground without Googling them first, you know, you Google the little RX code on them and you find out. That's what you do. But you got, we've got so many pills of all kinds just in our, our collective society here that motherfuckers are dumping them all at a park which just seems like i don't know what they were thinking but i mean there's a photo there's just tons of them there's just a shit ton of them like they were purposely dumped in a park which is terrible because it's like you know they're thank god it was just geese like there's you know kids the like, kids go to parks there's so many pills just floating around that you, you just find them in parks now at this point. That's fucking horrible, man. 
It was just absolutely fucking horrible. This is Right to Bryden, the number one ADL honeypot podcast. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Not a good, uh, not a good, uh, not a good look for old Ruth. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, I hope she dies. <laughs> because that's, that's not it at all. I don't. It's horrible to wish death on just some old, frail lady. Even if I despise her politics and I think that she is a complete bitch. And not a very good judge. Guys, uh, what, what's an activist judge? You remember? My buddy to told me this and I, I, it stuck with me and I loved it. What's an activist judge? It's a judge that does shit that you don't agree with. That's really all it is. But Ginsburg, an activist judge. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as they come out, she doesn't like Trump. Not supposed to say that as Supreme Court justice. You're supposed to just remain impartial. Lady, 85 years old. She's had colon cancer. She now has had uh, two little bits of cancer, two nodules of cancer uh, removed from her left lung, which they only found because you remember when she, uh, when she broke her ribs? She just fell like an old lady. She needs the uh, who's like the life alert or whatever you know, falling and I can't get up. That's that's probably uh, that's that's probably too old for a lot of my audience. <laughs> Actually, it's probably a little too old. But help, I've fallen and I can't get up. It's a thing. Jamie, pull up. I help. I can't fall and I can't get up. Oh, we don't have a producer. Uh, but yeah, she she so she falls down. This is they just found it by chance. So it's been growing there. And it's it's crazy to watch the people on Twitter cope so hard about how oh no that's fine my 65 year old grandmother had nodules of cancer removed from her lung and she's still alive and she's 73 or not at here's a sad fact about cancer and i'm sure a lot of you guys are painfully aware of it it comes back like that's the depressing part about it is it comes back and especially somebody at her age falling like that, breaking her ribs, it's one of the first signs of she's going to go soon. And like even the surgery itself is extremely dangerous. She's too old to, to undergo chemotherapy. It would kill her. It would absolutely kill her. That stuff is poison. It would absolutely kill her. But the amount of just coping that's going on, because it's like, oh, uh, she just has to last for at least till 2020, and then we'll get somebody new, and nah, 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 nah. Or actually, well, no, never mind. I was going to say, uh, uh, they could try to be like, not on an election year, but no, we have the Senate, so who gives a shit? <laughs> we'll still have the Senate next year, so whatever. Um, I, it's, it, it's sad to me. It's, it's sad that somebody would... Just, I, she needs to just go be old and die, but she's never going to fucking retire. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like when Scalia died. He just up and fucking died. Like, there really wasn't a lot of like, oh, I mean, you know, he's an old man. He's a, you know, fat motherfucker and everything. But, you know, it was like, he just died. Somewhat mysteriously, I might add. He just died. She is... Knocking on death's door. She looks like the Grim Reaper. In that robe, she looks like the Grim Reaper. Maybe that's why she's alive. I don't know. But it's it's honestly kind of horrible to see. You've got the you got the one side who's just like propping up the corpse of fucking Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, oh, this is gonna save us. No, she's gonna die. She should retire. 
And then, we, you know, I, I don't know what shitty judge we're going to get. I want Amy Barrett. A buddy of mine actually said to me today, because uh, we were talking about this, uh, about Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all that. Um, and I go, I want Amy Barrett. And he goes, who? I go, Amy Barrett, look her up. And he goes, <laughs> she seems like uh, she's been waiting her entire life to overturn Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. I just told him, yep, yep, and that would be nice. But I don't like the other side either. I don't like the people that on Twitter that are just like, you know, ah, yeah, if she dies, like, okay, like, like why? That's, you know, she's a grandma, dude. She, she, she actually might be a great grandma at this point. She is just a frail old lady. Like, just let nature take its course. There's no reason to, no reason to cheer it on. It's like it's not. It's gonna happen. All right. It's not like it's Hillary where you're like, ah, maybe get a little more sick, bitch. This is a judge that you don't agree with. Uh, that is pretty terrible. I agree. Uh, but I don't think she's a criminal, as far as I know. Um. She's just a, an old bitch. You gotta just let nature take its course on this one. And it will. And it will. Megan McCain jumped all over Bill O'Reilly on Twitter. As Bill O uh, said something like, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the time, time is coming for her, essentially. I mean, he just alluded to the fact that, like, she's 85 years old. She just had surgery. She, you know, she had cancer twice. I mean, it's the, the time is imminent. Uh, and, you know, who's going to be the, the third Trump appointee? Megan McCain flipped her fucking shit. Quote tweets him about how terrible he is and all of this. I don't have the actual tweet up in front of me because it's honestly not that important. I, if, if they end the view, I, I might actually like Megan McCain just because she would be responsible for that. Just because, <laughs> because she got in that fight with Joy Behar. But Megan McCain is such a fucking bitch. What an absolute fucking disaster of a person. I mean, it's it's. I get it. She's probably still sore from her dickhead dad dying, and you know all of that. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump down her throat over it. But the fact, I mean, the the simple fact of the matter is, she's old. She's gonna fucking die, and everybody knows it. And I hate that the entire country will not just let her. Uh, she can't retire, and she she's not gonna retire. They can't just let her fucking, you know, just just rest. Just fucking go off and die. It's it's horrible. She whether or not you like it, she did, you know, to vote uh, devote her stupid life to uh you know, to the country or whatever. I mean, in in, in whatever way you want to put it. I mean, I, I I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I, I just, I, I, it's all because people either, like, really love Trump or they really hate Trump. And the fact is, like, Trump has given us, we're 50-50 so far, from what I can tell, on, uh, you know, Trump's appointees anyway. So, I don't know. You're listening to Right to Brighton. We're America, bitch. Now, you know there is a partial shutdown of the government. Uh, whoopee, yay, it's not exactly what we wanted, but it does at least bring me a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope because I'm like, oh, good. Trump is actually sticking to his guns, which is something that he should have always been uh, doing. But uh, let's, let's kind of recap what happened. 
The president was told earlier this year, hey, we're going to do this omnibus spending bill. Uh, you'll get the wall at the end of the year, I promise. All right, and he's like, okay, but I mean, if we don't get it, I'm going to need to shut this motherfucker down because we need to get this. It's very important. They were like, no, Donnie, don't worry, buddy. We'll do it later. And Donnie is new to uh, to politics. You know, he's, he's always watched it and stuff. So I'm sure he knew that uh, he always just kicked the can down the road, and that's just the way that it is. But he thought, not me. I'm Donald Trump. I'm kicking ass. So he thought, all right, I can trust these people. I can trust these people. These are, these are, these are fine people. It's all right. They're not outright liars, of which they are. And then it goes on, and, and then, okay, hey, uh, yeah, so we'll give you $1.6 in discretionary spending uh, for border security. Doesn't even clarify, it doesn't even specify that it's for a physical barrier. It's just border security. And he's like, okay, fuck that. We saw the nice Oval Office thing where Trump actually acted like Donald Trump. And Schumer, uh, I've been working on my Chucky Schumer, but he was like, um, Mr. President, we, uh, we, we don't have the funding for the wall. I need, I need to slow it down a little. This is Chuck Schumer. Mr. President, we don't have the funding for the wall. I don't know. He's got the New York and he's Jewish and all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I will get that one down, I promise. Because he's not going anywhere, but well, whatever. So he does that, uh... Then they're like, okay, fuck you. No $1.6 billion. Nothing. We're not going to give you a damn thing. And Trump's like, all right. Then we're going to shut down the fucking government. Yada, yada. Goes to the, uh, it goes to the House. They pass it. That's great. They're like $5.7 billion. And another seven point eight for disaster relief. Disaster relief is great. You sweeten the pot with that. Who wants to say no to disaster relief? I mean, we've got hurricanes. We've got earthquakes. We've got wildfires. All of that. Let's 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 tack that on. We'll sweeten the bill, and we'll be able to use that against people who voted no on it. I think there was only one Democrat in the House uh, that voted yes on, uh, on this. Um, so then it goes to the Senate. No votes in the Senate. No votes in the Senate. We knew that. You're never gonna get the. You're never gonna get that. Mitch McConnell. Mitch the bitch McConnell. Turtle man himself. Won't do the nuclear option. He won't change the rules. He won't. Uh, he won't do it because he's. He's like, okay, I can't get the GOP to do it. Even though he's always. He's just been like that. He's all. I wasn't surprised by that. He's always been that way. That's how McConnell is. He's like, I don't like. I don't like it. It's. It's a very bad thing to do. That. Uh, and and the Democrats did it, and I was very upset about it. Um. I miss McConnell. This is just going to be me working on uh, impressions of, of politicians, like the whole episode. That's it. I mean, we don't even. It, it, you guys read the news. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do impressions of politicians. Uh, but, um, so we get that done. Pass the Senate. That they're like, okay, we're going to change it. Uh, 1.6 billion and goes back to the House. Paul Ryan of all people's like, eat a dick, dumb shits, and uh, yeah, they're like, no, we're not doing that. Well, uh. Uh, the, the, the Senate adjourned, the House adjourned, all right, we go, uh, you know, it's, it, it shuts down, um, and then now the Senate's not coming back until, uh, or, uh, they're not uh, adjourning until fucking Monday, Christmas Eve. 
So we're going to get shut down through the holidays and people are acting like it's the end of the fucking world when in reality it's not. Actually, I saw on ABC News a very cute thing uh, where they were talking about what stays open. And they had to clarify that the Mueller investigation will stay open. Because I'm sure people were conspiratarding all over the place on the left about like, he's shutting it down to shut it. Mueller's getting close. I know it. Ah, man. My fucking cigar is all fucked up. But... There is another option, and you should be very mad at uh, McConnell, um, just because, you know, he doesn't really want this fucking wall. He's just playing ball. He's just playing politics. Uh, he's going to be around long after Trump. That guy's not going anywhere. But there was another option. What they needed, what they needed to do uh, Senate rule, uh, Senate rule 109, uh, the two-speech rule. So this is, this is how, I, this is how you do it, I guess, without changing the, according to conservative review, how you do it without changing the rules. And essentially what you do is you wear them out. So I, I'm just going to read the thing here very quickly. I thought this was very interesting. So I thought that, uh, you know, I would read it to you and you guys uh, should know about it. Senators don't need unanimous consent uh, to bring up a bill. The lack of unanimous consent or 60 votes doesn't table the bill. Uh, it's just the opposing senators in the uh, minority can request to be recognized and continuously hold the floor. In recent years, majority parties have never made the minority do that. Sometimes it makes sense to preemptively achieve an agreement because the majority just can't afford to chew up endless days on debate on a single issue. So anyway, you just, it's, it's this, and then you get rid of the filibuster. But... Um, Essentially, what you do here is you force them to. You can only speak. You can you can speak twice on an issue, right? So you force them to go out there and speak. Eventually, they're uh, and you never, you never actually like in the session. You just say it's a recess, so that way everybody gets to go home and come back. They eventually run out of people. So if the minority is is uh, forced to hold the floor and enforced uh, rule rule, I think it's XIX. I'm pretty sure that's 109. I don't I don't fucking know, guys. I'm not a fucking legal expert. I really, you know, I don't, I, I don't care. Just build the fucking wall. But uh, Walner points out the Democrats do have the ability to challenge rulings of the chair and bring up points of order or call a quorum. That's a there's a meeting. Uh, uh, as means of prolonging their floor time, but Republicans can dispense with their motions with 51 votes. Eventually, the Democrats would run out of steam and exhaust their two speeches per member. That theoretically could take weeks, but it uh, depends on the determination of each side. So uh, you, keep the, you keep the things open. The strategy is even stronger in optics than uh, in the raw technicalities, actually forcing Democrats to publicly hold the floor in such a dramatic and unusual way, particularly on a government funding bill, would make the Democrats, uh, the Democrat speech givers look like utter fools and obstructionists during Christmas. It's always conservatives who look bad on the funding fights because of Republicans and Trump always preemptively uh, surrendered. Yada, yada goes on here. You know why they didn't do this shit? You know why they didn't just, like, hold their fucking feet to the fire and make them do that shit? Because they don't actually give a shit. None of those motherfuckers want the wall, dude. They don't want it. Mitch McConnell, it's nice to hear him, like, speak up and stuff when he does this shit. He doesn't, he, he doesn't care. And I think you guys know that. But the fights have been interesting. The fights have been really interesting. Because we're getting great sound bites. Uh, like uh, 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 Congressman Gutierrez 
this this genius here, who I'm sure is just the most Bible thumping church going individual in the world. I'm sure he's really super religious. I know I have 45 seconds. I won't take them all, but it is repugnant to me and astonishing to me that during Christmas, <laughs> I like to call them the holiday seasons to be ex inclusive, but during Christmas, because the majority always wants to just call it Christmas, that during Christmas, a time in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, a Jesus Christ who had to flee for his life with Mary and Joseph. Thank God there wasn't a wall that stopped him from seeking refuge in Egypt. Thank God that wall wasn't there. And thank God there wasn't an administration like this or he would have too have perished on the 28th, on the day of innocence, when Herod ordered the murder of every child under two years of age. Maybe I haven't gone a lot to Bible school, but I know that part. Thank God. Shame on everybody that separates children and allows them to stay at the other side of the border, fearing death, fearing hunger, fearing sickness. Shame on us for wearing our badge of Christianity during Christmas and allow the secretary to come here and lie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, that, that really religious Democrat fellow there, Mr. Gutierrez. The rhetoric has gotten so extreme that they're actually trying to say that Donald Trump would have murdered the baby Jesus. <laughs> like, if you get down to it, that's what it is. Donald Trump, this monster, would have murdered the baby Jesus. <laughs> what a stupid fucking thing to say. And then uh, uh, Secretary Nielsen responds to him, but he just gets up and walks away. Because it was about the child separation and all of that, that, you know, the made up nonsense. Just the made up fucking nonsense. But I don't like, I, I, I don't, I, well, I guess I don't have to like, it doesn't matter what I like. I don't, <laughs> I just didn't think that it would really get this extreme. Donald J. Trump would murder the baby Jesus. And, uh, you know, like, when a, when a Republican gets all churchy and stuff in a, in a, in a speech, uh, I, I'm more inclined to believe him. You know, like, I think Ted Cruz is a very religious man. Uh, some of them are not. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, well, it used to be. You gotta, you know, be, uh, at least say that you're a Christian to, to really get elected. Not the case anymore. Not the case anymore. We got all kinds of Muslims and shit. Uh, but when a fucking Democrat, I, like, I mean, just don't lie, dude. Like, you know, no shame in the game. You're going straight to hell. Like, don't lie. Don't, don't sit there and, and, and try to use religion again. Because that's the whole thing. Like, it's just so funny to me. It's like, oh, well, you're not a Christian if you, uh, if, if you oppose open borders. It's, I mean, Gutierrez, if you go by the name, he's probably a Catholic and, you know, he's just on board with the fucking Jesuit Pope and all of that shit. But I, I, I mean, this is not new, but the, the, the rhetoric has ramped up to uh, quite an extreme with that. I just thought that was one of the more ridiculous things. But how often do we have minority uh, uh, Congress people and they're just saying all kinds of crazy bullshit?
I mean, in in forty fucking years, everybody is gonna be Maxine Waters. Like that'll just that'll be exactly where it is. That'll be something fucking hilarious. Uh, I I saw an Ocasio keyboard tweet, and she said uh, during the next shutdown that uh, Congress people's <laughs> Congress people's pay should be uh, furloughed as well. Okay, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. Until you realize that Alexandria Casio Keyboard doesn't know that this is not a complete fucking shutdown of the government. There's tons of people that are still getting paid. Tons of people. The essential employees, you know, quote-unquote essential employees, are still getting paid. So, of course, it would make sense that Congress folks would get paid. Now, if she would clarify, like, I understand that, you know, these, uh, these essential employees, like, should they not get paid as well? I mean, if you made a, a specific note that Congress, you know, congressional members don't get paid during this time, uh, that, that would be nice. But I, I don't think that that's what she was saying. Because I fucking guarantee that she's so goddamn dumb that she thinks EBT cards aren't going to fucking work anymore. It's amazing to me watching how many of you fucking assholes on Twitter rally behind this girl, though. You are standing that bitch so hard, and it's so fucking frustrating to me. Like, I like the idea of, like, you know, posting pictures of her big old titties and shit, and, like, you know, asking for feet pics and stuff, and kind of, like, bullying her online because she's now an elected official, and, like, you can do that. You know, I like that idea because it's really funny and shit, but a lot of you guys, I think, legitimately, like, well, she's got some moxie. And you better get that fucking idea right out of your head very soon. You know, she's there to fuck shit up, by the way. She's just there to fuck everything up. She's also not going to last that long. She's not going to last that long because, like, she's already just made all kinds of fucking enemies and trying to start all kinds of crap. And the thing is, you have to... She has no real power. And I don't know. I'm getting off on a, on, on a fucking tangent um, about uh, uh, Casio keyboards. It's not, uh, not what I wanted to do. Oh, so no. We're apparently in the same position. Shit. Uh, Stephen Miller, though, he's been fighting. We've seen Sarah Huckabee Sanders fighting. We've seen a lot of people actually just going full balls to the goddamn wall over this. And I'm <laughs> shit. It's so fucking irritating. I need to get a. I need to get an actual thing. We've seen so many people go balls to the fucking wall on this in the administration, and this makes me feel good. This makes me feel like Trump is fighting, that the administration is fighting, because what have we been saying for a while? What the fuck do you have to lose at this point? He was getting swallowed up by that swamp. He has nobody there. There's nothing to lose, though. I mean, you, you lost the... We lost... Ultimately, we lost the fucking midterms. We expanded the Senate. That's nice and shit, but we lost the midterms, guys. And a lot of that was fraud. It was a narrow loss that after all the fraud was said and done, it was, uh, you know, 40 seats? Substantial. Substantial. But it is nice. We saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders coming out there. Um, uh, this, is, this, is a great, this is a great thing from Stephen Miller. My favorite Jewish person on the planet. Stephen Miller. He's a uh, policy advisor for, uh, um, for Trump. Gets on CNN and uh, he stuck his dick directly in Wolf Blitzer's ass. It was really funny. Uh, we're apparently in the same position as we were a week ago. Uh, the president had, as you know, two years, a Republican-controlled House and a Republican-controlled Senate to get this done, to build that border wall. 
Why did he fail? Well, <laughs> the, the House is voting as we speak on border security. The fight's only just beginning. Uh, as you know, first of all, when we're talking about success on border security, this president has made unprecedented achievements in that area. But right now, as we speak, we are rallying Republican lawmakers to try and get a bill out of the House. And the fundamental issue here is whether or not Democrats will supply votes to pass border security, or whether they're going to push for open borders, which equals massive but, crime but, and massive crime. But Stephen, if the president, three hundred Americans die the, every week I understand from heroin crossing through our southern border. I, I understand completely what you're saying about the importance of border security, uh, and I understand what you're saying about the border wall. The president spoke about it in virtually yep. every campaign speech, as we know. Here's the question: Why didn't he get the border wall done? during his first two years in office with a Republican majority in the House and a Republican majority in the Senate? Well, we actually have completed or have underway 100 miles. But the president's made clear that he's not interested in continuing to build the while, mile, uh, one mile, one stretch at a time. He wants to build the wall by getting the money now, just like the president was very clear about for the last but year it, it leading looks... up to this funding fight. Pretty good clip there. There's uh, a couple more I'm going to play for you, but there's a couple things we're, we're going to need to um, need to discuss. Stephen Miller is a fantastic guy. And fun fact about Stephen Miller, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Larry Elder. He's uh, West Coast Black Rush Limbaugh, I guess, <laughs> kind of. Uh, but uh, he's you know he's 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 good. I like Larry Elder. Um, he he talks about the FBI crime statistics and stuff all the time, and he's a base black guy in a MAGA hat. All right, I like Larry Elder. But uh, Stephen Miller apparently very early on when he was a lot younger he used to call and discuss things with Larry Elder all the fucking time. He would call on Larry Elder show all the fucking time, and Larry just thought he was just a brilliant young man. And now he's a policy advisor for uh, arguably uh, a very great president. We'll see how it all turns out. I, my faith in Trump is starting to be restored. Uh, I, I, I hate Wolf Blitzer's little, uh, little thing there. Why, I mean, I, I guess it's a valid question. Why didn't, he do, why didn't he do it during those two years? Well, the fact is, he was lied to. He was a bunch. He was completely like, swallowed up by the goddamn swamp. And he believed these fucking people. And he actively has people in his administration working against him. Actively, right now. Now, I know some people are mad about the... Um, uh, the, the the steel slats. People were uh, freaking out about that. And they want a concrete wall and all of that. You're forgetting that Trump has said for the longest time, you've got to be able to see through the fucking wall. you got to be able to see through it. And then he tweets out this MS Paint. <laughs> this MS Paint. <laughs> like spikes of a wall <laughs> with a Border Patrol truck. <laughs> It looks like a fucking Jurassic Park fucking thing. Tweets it out. Make sure to like see. You know we've got we got the little box where you can see it's spiky. It looks like uh, the best the best Photoshop that I saw of it was uh, uh, Super Mario World three uh, 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 Mario with the with the raccoon tail, uh, you know, floating above it and all that. Because it does. It looks like the fucking spikes from Mario World three. But I'd be fine with that if we have giant fucking spikes all over the border. I'm okay with that. I don't want the Ballard fencing. I don't like the Ballard fencing. I think we need to do better with that. San Diego is pretty walled up, though. I understand that people were able to shimmy over it and things like that, but that's why we got the Border Patrol, and we're going to need other, uh, other you know, surveillance, etc. I mean, just flying drones around or whatever the fuck. Fucking lasers. I don't know. Whatever the hell they're planning on doing. I don't like the Ballard fencing, though. 
But I would take a shit ton of Ballard fencing. I would take a shit ton of fucking Ballard fencing over nothing. Which is what we have in a lot of places. We have fucking nothing. You need something, anything. I mean, we've seen people just falling over the, the, the existing walls that we have. So, like, don't tell me the wall doesn't exist in places. There's videos of people hurting themselves climbing over it. And they are successfully getting into it, but then they were immediately picked up by Border Patrol. So there you go. Like, you know, I mean, it'd be nice if we catapulted them right back over and be like, ah, nice way to break your legs, dumbass. And then just catapult them back over to fucking Mexico. That'd be fine. But I'm loving the fight in this administration now. It reminds me why I liked Trump. Here's, uh, here's another little clip. Mile, one stretch at a time. He wants to build the wall by getting the money now, just like the president was very clear about for the last but year it, it leading looks, up to this funding fight. But, but he let, hasn't let's, let's received through this. The, the right now, billion. as we speak, he right wants, now, as we speak, he, there is a surge of illegal immigration heading towards our country that presents a national crisis now. Right, not right a month now, from now, though, not a year from now, right now. But, and but, this president took an oath, like every lawmaker in Congress, to defend the citizens of this country. How many more innocent people have to right, die Stephen, in pursuit of an open borders agenda? Calm, calm down a minute. We don't have to yell. These, these are important policy issues that we're discussing. The American people have a right to know where you and the president, the White House stands. Uh, as you oh, oh, calm down, Stephen. Calm down. Uh, you're making too much fucking sense. Please calm down. Please calm down, Stephen. Stop, stop owning me on my show. I'm just Wolf Blitzer and I'm frail. Please stop dabbing on me, fucking coolest Jew. God, I love Stephen Miller. I love that guy so much. The American people voted for a president, Donald Trump, who is very tough, very strong, very aggressive on terrorism, but at the same time, smart, at the same time, sophisticated, at the same time, heeding the wisdom of our founders who warned about entangling foreign engagements. Let's defend our national security. Let's put America first, but let's not spill American blood to fight the enemies of other countries, as is the case in Syria. Sorry, that was the wrong clip. That was the wrong clip. We'll get to the Syria thing, uh later in the show i got my got my sound clips all mixed up got my sound clips all mixed up but uh that was actually after uh uh wolf was like oh let's let's change the uh change the subject here i think i ashed on the floor by accident god damn it but look i'm really liking the fight in the administration now i'm i'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more hopeful you know, I, I haven't, like, lost total faith in the president. Uh, I haven't, um, I haven't been filled with hope again entirely. But this is a hell of a nice start. And this shutdown is, if he, if he doesn't fold on this, because ultimately what's happening now is Chuck Schumer versus Donald Trump. So if he doesn't fold on this and he sticks to his guns and he says, we're getting the fucking shutdown until I get the five billion after a while, people are eventually going to go, give the guy the five billion fucking dollars. If the GOP handles this right, because what they need to do is make Schumer look like a petty <laughs> coin shaver. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just really penny-pinching there. I mean, why? since when are Democrats not willing to give up $5 billion or something? Make them own it because the whole reason is it's not, oh, we uh, are suddenly fucking, you know, watching every penny. No, it's, it's not that at all. 
It's just they don't want to give Donald Trump a fucking win. Now, the other thing that I've seen, the other thing that I've seen before we, before we go on to another, the other thing that I've seen, Adam Schiff out in California, Adam Schiff, the guy who always looks like he's got his eyes wide open, all of that, he looks like he just fucking stuffed a bag of meth up his ass and it burst. Adam, I've got condoms of cocaine in my stomach and, oh shit, Schiff, the lunatic. He's an asshole. Adam Schiff is such a prick. I saw him on there, and a lot of more people were saying this. Why didn't Mexico pay for the wall? That's what Donald Trump said, that Mexico was going to pay for the wall, and now you're going to have the taxpayers pay for the wall. This is, Did anybody watch the same fucking campaign that I did? Of course they did. They're liars. He said this countless times, and Kellyanne Conway said it just the other day, but they, they say it all the time. Renegotiating NAFTA, what we make up from that, from our trade deficit with Mexico, ultimately moves the money, and that's how Mexico, quote-unquote, pays for the wall. I mean, it's a... Hell, what they ought to have done, honestly, just to combat that bullshit, should have just been like, um, okay, that foreign aid that was going to Mexico, uh... That goes to the wall now instead. There you go. Mexico paid for it. It's just, it's just rhetoric. It's just politics. And that's exactly what they're fucking doing. And if, if, if the GOP was smart, they would frame it as such. But they're just such a limp-dicked organization filled with people who don't really want this anyway and don't care about this anyway that they're going to fail at trying to do that. They're absolutely, I think, going to fail at trying to do that. It's, it's going to... It would have been nice if if Stephen Miller would have just that that should be the message coming out of the White House, and and Trump has been pretty on point with that, saying obstructionist Democrats, etc. But I mean, it's it's yet to be seen. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how long our man has this shutdown go for. Um, he said it'll be a long time. If he gets any less than five billion for this fucking funding specifically for barriers at the border, not security, not any of that, any less than that, I'm going to be disappointed, Mr. Trump. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe our, maybe our, uh, maybe he's back. You know, maybe Trump is back. I guess, you know, we'll just have to see. This is right to Biden. At least listen to a podcast on the internet. Who the fuck is Darren Chris? I don't know who Darren Chris is, but uh, I guess he's some British guy. I don't know. This is some BBC bullshit. Uh, Darren Chris will no longer play LGBT characters. The actor, who is straight, is well known for playing the gay character of Andrew in American Crime Story, the, assassin the assassination of uh, Gianni Versace. It's not well known to me. I had no idea that was even a thing. Uh, hell, I might want to watch that. You guys remember? Oh well, you wouldn't remember. Um, yeah, uh, Versace. He got uh, he got shot outside of his house checking the mail. I think. Um, but yeah, I guess they I guess they do a TV uh, TV thing. But he goes, uh, I want to make sure I won't be another straight boy taking a gay man's role. He told Bustle magazine. He said it's been a joy acting in gay roles, but no longer feels comfortable doing it, which is unfortunate. Previous to American Crime Story, he was mostly known for his portrayal of gay pupil Blaine Anderson in Glee. Okay, so he's in Glee. Another show that I've never watched. I've never watched an episode of fucking Glee. 
the closest thing I know about Glee is that like they made fun of it on uh, that Dan Harmon show, Community. And that's about it. I don't know. And then there was a, a Glee watching party in the office. Literally my extent of Glee knowledge is that. But there are certain roles that I'll see that are just wonderful, he explained. But I want to make sure I won't be another straight boy taking a gay man's role. The debate over who has the right to play certain characters has reignited earlier this year when Scarlett Johansson dropped out of playing a transgender character following a backlash. That's something else I didn't know. That's something else I didn't know. I, I know who Scarlett Johansson is, and I've seen her titties. That's about it. No openly gay man has ever won an Academy Award for Best Actor, while straight actors have taken home the prize playing LGBT roles, and Tom Hanks won in Philadelphia, and uh, 52 people total have, have been Oscar-nominated playing gay people. So, this is weird to, to talk about, because they're actors? Like, this is a baffling thing to me. Like, they're, they're actors. Bill Murray did not ever in his life relive the same day over and over and over, a la Groundhog's Day. Like, that's not a thing. Tony Montana's not a real fucking person. They're actors. They're fucking actors, man. That's the fun part of acting. That's the whole point of it. Like, if you fit the role, that makes sense. Like the tranny that they have on Orange is the New Black makes sense. It wouldn't make sense. Honestly, I don't know what the backlash was about. I'm sure it was just a bunch of complainy shit, but it wouldn't make sense. I mean, I would, unless there was a lot of makeup done, and I, I guess you'd have to really work around the jaw. She could probably figure it out. I don't see Scarlett Johansson as a tranny. But like, I mean, it's, you're an actor, man. I, it's, I mean, if, as if movies and TV were not already bad enough, they're going to affirmative action this shit. And, and his reasoning is like, uh, for these fucking retarded little awards that nobody watches anymore, that they're all just like, you know, giddy about and shit like that. I am pretty sure that, uh, what's his stupid name? Doogie Howser, the, uh, uh, this is Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick Harris. I am pretty sure he won some awards playing a womanizing straight man on How I Met Your Mother. He's a gay man. He's an actor. Like, I'm not surprised at all because this is Hollywood. This is the way that they do things or whatever. But just like, what a fucking mess. And let me, let me, let me hit you with this thing. If we've got to be so realistic... Are we going to stop making white characters black? Are we going to do that? Because James Bond is a fucking white guy. Now you got, uh, what's his face? Uh, I can't pronounce his name. It's Ilba, Ira, whatever his fucking name is. Black James Bond guy, I guess. Um, you know, what was that Spartacus movie or what the fuck ever? I mean, if we're really going to do this, if we're really going to do it, Sherlock Holmes, I don't ever want to see a black fucking Sherlock Holmes. I, I, I don't want to see it. No, we've got to get an actual detective. A super detective. Because I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch is a super detective. I, uh, actually, I think he's gay, too. So that's out. Because Sherlock Holmes, pretty sure, is a straight guy. I just, I, what, what did asinine 
thing. I mean, it would have been one thing if he was like, I mean, maybe, maybe it really is. He's just like, I don't want to get typecast as, as a gay guy. Like, maybe that's it. If he would have just been like, all right. And, but he couldn't actually say it, you know, not in the climate today where you get into trouble. They'd be like, why don't you want to play a gay man? He's like, I'm tired of kissing dudes. I'm, you know, and they're like, ha no. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the real reasoning. To like, to send out the virtue signal. Like, no, it's, it's, it's time for gay people to play gay people, not just actors to, to play characters. No. But I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it really is that he just was like, I'm, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not doing these, <laughs> not doing these things anymore. Um, uh, we got just enough time to do, uh, to do this one, which is, uh, just pretty good. <laughs> You are listening to Right to Bryden, making Nigel Farage look like a pussy. This is Reunion Boys. It is a boy band formed to stop Brexit. It's another one you're going to want to head, uh, head into the description right now, as long as you're not driving, and follow along. We're going to play a little bit of this song, but... Uh, a new Dutch boy band has formed with the intention of preventing Brexit through their music. Launching with the single Britain Come Back. Reunion Boys are a five-piece formed by Dutch animation artist Julia, can't pronounce that last name, as a final desperate and ultimate attempt to stop Britain from parting with the European Union in March. Uh, <laughs> it's so long, so we're not going to play the whole thing. But... Oh my god, we're gonna play some of it. I don't know what they're fucking saying. I cannot believe this is the end. Oh no. I still feel your love inside me. I still sing your words. I make a wish as your star falls. Oh, your voice paints my heart, your mirage fades away. Your choice turns my sky gray. There's always been a sea between us. We used to sail it together. But you're leaving now, we're falling apart. <laughs> Such a <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that's that's enough. That is enough of that. That is uh, that's something else. That is four minutes. There's actually at one point where like there's these five fucking dudes flopping around in the sand like ah you know raising their arms in the air like not even in like uh, i thought that this was a joke i was like this has got to be a fucking gag like british people made it it's a joke it's got to be but no uh, uh julia veldman i don't know I mean, I mean maybe i don't know i don't know i know what you're thinking but i'm not sure what uh veldman is it or not but i cried i really cried my heart out it was so unexpected and overwhelming, and it made me feel powerless, Feldman told Reuters. I thought, I thought, 
What else will work better than the uh, than the voice of Take That or a boy band? The best thing Britain ever ever gave us to convince them to come back. <laughs> band member Joshua can't pronounce that last name. Uh, added, look how angry many Brits are towards the EU and how many Europeans are angry towards uh, Britain for leaving. I think this emotion should be answered. We're the kind of answer to the emotion. They've got 42 seconds of this. The, meet the reunion boys. boys. The European boy band on a mission to win Britain back. Hi, my name's Joshua. My name is Sayed. Hi. <laughs> Pablo, I'm Gilles. And I want Britain back. Yeah, Brexit. Brexit is like losing an old friend oh well brexit what am i going to do about brexit well i, I formed a boy band with my friends it's gonna touch the musical history that england has we can stop the brexit and make britain come back we want to invite you for the video clip release party on december 18th yeah 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 i get it yeah 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 I was really unaware of the fact that the Dutch were so heartbroken over Brexit. <laughs> the band are planning to embark on a tour of UK pubs in order to spread their message. Um, that's going to go really well. No, that's going to go great. <laughs> but why, uh, why, why is it that uh, they would be like this? Well, it says here, God damn it, stop it. Uh, it says here, uh, UK uh, music CEO Michael Duger has now responded by uh, warning the government not to jeopardize the UK's world leading music industry. The UK music industry uh, contributes 4.5 billion pounds to the economy, uh, with live music alone contributing 1 billion. As we made it repeatedly clear, uh, a crude salaries and skills approach to freedom to work post-Brexit just doesn't work for so many artists and musicians. We risk limiting the ability for European musicians to uh, to, to play in our world-leading festivals, venues, and studios. Ah. So it's just... It's just more globalist Jewish bullshit, then. <laughs> like... That's, uh, ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna make this, like, weird, desperate song. So that's somebody's jam. Every song you hear, guys, is somebody's favorite fucking song somewhere out there. And that one's, you know, it might be ironically mine. I just, I, what a, what an absolute fucking nightmare of, of a, of a thing. I mean, that's, it's so cringy. You gotta watch the whole thing. Suffer through it. You know, and, uh, <laughs> Britain come back, na 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 well, uh, we are about at that one hour mark, so what we're going to do, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to refresh my drink. I'm going to get our guest uh, for, for the whole guest segment uh, you know, out, out of the green room, ready to go here. Uh, we'll do that, and then we'll come back, and uh, uh, after that, we got all kinds of other crap to do as well. But uh, we'll, we'll see you in just a minute. You got double.
Okay, hey, we are back, folks. Uh, that was, uh, I, I feel the need to remind people of that. Uh, that, that, that bumper music there was uh, FUD, uh, DJ FUD and FUD Pops. I don't, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. I don't, uh, FUD, you know FUD from, from Twitter. Uh, shirtless bodybuilder guy all the fucking time. But uh, we, uh, we, we, got, we got a guest here, uh, one of the rare times where I actually have to put the video up. Uh, of, of the person. Brave man. Real brave man. Uh, you might have uh, seen, uh, I, I did a voice for a, a cartoon that he did uh, that uh, Heiku, uh, uh, I guess, helped, helped write and all of that. But, uh, he, he's an animator. He's a comedian. He uh, is, is out there uh, trying to trying to do the comedy thing and all of that. So I wanted to, uh, wanted to have him on uh, the show and then he disappeared. There he is. Now he's back. Okay, good. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can go ahead and unmute, uh, unmute now. Uh, this I'm is unmuted, Zach. dude. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, My guy good. Brian. What's up? Hey, buddy. This is Zach from Yolo Swag Studios. That's me. That's me. So uh, good, good guy. Glad to uh, glad to have you here. I don't know why it's remaining frozen. There we go. I think I fixed it. There we go. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. I, I fixed it. It's it's fine. Uh, we don't we don't normally have folks uh, show up on uh, uh, on camera, so on, they're usually anonymous. Yeah, they're usually like some racist asshole from Twitter or something like that. The you worst, know? dude. They're the worst. <laughs> we got we to ban them. We got to get rid of these boys, man. <laughs> I'm sick of it, bro. I got to tell you now that uh, we're talking, I got to say thank you. You did an excellent job on that animation, dude. Have you done? Uh, do you? I know you do comedy stuff, but have you done uh, voice work before? Um, not really. I mean, the only time that I had done it was, uh, for facepalm reality, made a couple, uh, you know, I think uh, you sent me some of those videos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've just done it a couple times from that. I mean, it's just fun stuff to do. I encourage everybody to check that stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, the YOLO swag studio stuff, because you also do thank a stone you, toss, uh, animation yeah. as well. I've done stone toss. My favorite guy, uh, Martian magazine is obviously my favorite dude. He's the homie, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to trying to make some of my own stuff now, but uh, I de I love animating their cartoons, man. They're always so funny. So, I mean, it's uh, let let's start with the, the most relatable stuff to me, sure, uh, and that is uh, that that's that's the stand up. You're you're a stand up, is that right? I do I do stand up. I've been known to do I've been known to do some stand up. So that's uh, that, that's fucking awesome. I, I uh, big fan. Tried it for a long time. Um, I can't imagine you doing it out in L.A., dude. Like, the people there, like, I can't imagine them being receptive. Were you able to, like... Well, they weren't. They weren't, Zach. That's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, there we that's go. That's why I live in Cincinnati, Ohio now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would open with, like, my, uh, my cliche, like, starting stand-up, like, anti-Christianity, like, what would Jesus do rants. And those always worked really well. But then uh, you watch yourself do older stand-up, and you're like, dude, this is dumb. Like, this is the weakest <laughs> jokes, like, I've ever come up with. I hate them. I had, I had three or four good jokes, you know. I had, yeah. had three or four good jokes. But uh, other than that, no, I mainly just uh, upset a lot of women. You have a person in your fucking window right now. <laughs> Do I really? There he is, my homie. Oh, I'm my at my buddy God. Ian's house. I thought I thought we were going to see, like, a fucking, 
like uh, murder or something. That was terrifying. Dude, they're, pointing, they're pointing the nine millimeter at me to like kind of get me like into it. You know That's... what I mean? Like razz me up. It's Jeez. great. I appreciate them for that. that Thank you. It's fucking terrifying. But <laughs> a little bit. I grew up with it, so I'm used to having large weaponry pointed at my head by older cousins and stuff. It's oh. kind of like a rush. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you fit right <laughs> in in L.A. in the in the hellscape that is L.A. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm ready. So I. You 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 move out to LA. You're trying to do the stand up thing, um, but you're obviously a. Uh, I I would think politically, since you're on this show, since you you associate with Stone Toss and Hate Coup and stuff, uh, you're a, a Trump guy uh, to say the least, without going too detailed. I'd say I'm I'm definitely Republican leaning, but I would say at the end of the day, I do. Uh, I'm trying to make everyone laugh in a sense, I guess. That's the best way to be. Yeah. I mean, most political comedy, besides, you know, the, this genius show that I run, of course, uh, is, of course. you know, absolute trash. Even like Dennis Miller, <laughs> you know, it's like he's our one conservative comedian guy. And he's like, my mom loves him. I think she uh, she's a big fan of Dennis Miller. Oh, he's great and all. But at the end of the day, I mean, Dennis Miller is like, so Hillary Clinton, she's a cunt, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. Good. Excellent, Dennis. Excellent. <laughs> Very cutting edge, my yeah. friend. I love it. So you, uh, you know, you do you doing the stand up out there? Um, is it has anybody gotten on to you for not following the the cult of progressivism? Has it kind of has it come up yet? Because it will, Zach. It will come up. Uh-huh. It's just yeah, a matter I've of time. Had, uh, I've had a few friends and friendships kind of frayed because. Uh, you know, I like to, you know, I just, I like to tell jokes and stuff, but like, um, I'll post some, like, uh, some anonymous dude wrote this like love letter to Ocasio-Cortez's feet or something <laughs> and stuff like that kills me, dude. It kills me. So I'll share that. And then I get accused of like trying to stop her from running or like I'm accused of like, you know, a, a few things I've been accused of that I'm not really, but, uh, I think it's funny. I enjoy that stuff. I've, I've been getting a lot of hate kind of in the past like month which was a little weird to deal with but it makes me think maybe i'm doing something right too because like i'm getting like a kind of a fan base a little bit small very small yeah that's that little circle of the internet of the uh more right-leaning comics like you know stone toss wormwood uh hate coup that kind of group of people uh seems to have really tapped into um something that didn't really exist before yeah They've evolved, like, um, I don't want to steal their thunder, but he, he's silly is always saying, like, um, like, this is, like, the next evolution of the political cartoon, almost. Like, this is the next step. Like, this is, this is the future, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there are, uh, you know, what, it, what uh, uh, the, there's been, you know, right-wing newspapers and stuff that run, like, their little ads, you know, and they're, like, uh, or, like, Ben Garrison, you know, when it's, like, libtards Wait, owned, you know, it's, like. But nothing Dude. quite like this, and it's it's definitely interesting. Like, he's he silly. Uh, I, I just checked out some of their stuff rather recently. Definitely in that same vein of a little bit more uh, edgy, radically right than the traditional, yeah. you know, uh, acceptable form of Republican humor where it's like, hey, you know, we are fiscally responsible, but we're definitely okay with everybody. And like, yay to this degenerate, horrible society. It's like yeah, right. that th- this group of people are not like that. So how did you end up falling into finding those guys? 
I was like a big fan of uh, this is a funny story. I uh, I was a fan of like uh, some of the Red Panel comics. Do you remember him? Yeah. He was doing his like stuff, and I hit him up. I think sophomore year of college. I didn't know how to animate. I didn't know how to draw. But I was like, dude, I'm gonna learn how to draw just for this guy. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna learn how to draw. I hit him up, and he was like super nice, like the nicest guy ever. I think a lot mm. of people are, are under the idea that these people are like bitter. <laughs> curmudgeon-y like 40 year olds who are super angry when they're all like uh in the 20 to 30 range pretty happy people just trying to like make people laugh really but um i hit him up he said yeah animate my comic and i'm a lazy asshole so i just didn't get around to it <laughs> and then uh junior senior year i kind of i was kind of like sick at the school i was at i wasn't like learning what i wanted to learn i guess so i taught myself to animate i taught myself to kind of cartoon a little bit i'm still learning obviously trying to get better but uh and then i hit martian magazine up i said can i animate this and we just kind of have been like uh he's been giving me feedback since then like he's a nice guy and like uh like i said dude when you meet them and you talk not meet them but when you talk to them and like you share work with them like uh they're all super nice people and it's like a tight-knit community it's like uh it's like having like really close friends almost like it's fantastic i'm so grateful for it it's it's weird. It's almost like uh, uh, right wing people are not uh, all Adolf Hitler. You know, you'd think that they all <laughs> wanted to kill racial minorities, but like they're people. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Dude, do you still do any uh, stand up where you're at right now? No, I keep meaning to, and I'm like, I'm gonna go and do this. And the last time I went and tried to do uh, an open mic, you know, those those wonderful open mics where you're just in front of like ten other fucking comedians who are not paying attention to you at all. The worst. Oh yeah. The worst. People don't understand like how brutal, uh, like you know, the whole open mic bullshit is. And then there, then maybe if you're lucky. You'll get a bringer show where your fucking shitty ten friends have to be there, spend twenty dollars to get uh, in, and buy two eight dollar drinks at a minimum, uh, just I'm so you can do five fucking minutes of bullshit that you workshopped on them drunk the night before. Yeah, I'm gonna great. start having panic attacks if you keep, uh, <laughs> keep talking about this, bro. But uh, dude, the first time I did, uh, did you say you'd been to Flappers? You'd done comedy at Flappers before? Uh, Flappers is out in Burbank, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think so. Uh, I, I did believe my, so. Uh, it makes, I uh, did like my first flapper show, and this dude was like, "Oh, you're a new guy? Like, what are you doing?" And I was like, "They're having me do ten minutes, whatever. I've only ever done five. And he's like, "Bro, you're fucked. <laughs> five, ten minutes, you're <laughs> fucked." He's like, "I have two paraplegic kids who I have to like take care of at home." What? What? And, like, and yeah, I'm like, dude, what? what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like, ah, it's in like, I have to grind so hard to come up with 10 minutes. Like you're fucked. And I was just like, <laughs> all right. Like, thanks bro. Like everyone's trying to cut each other's throat out in fucking LA. It's the gnarliest shit, dude. Well, that's just how comedians are. Honestly, they are just horrible fucking people because none of them had great childhoods. They're all egotistical fucking we're assholes yeah, yeah just like uh, egotistical <laughs> assholes with inferiority complexes anyway they're all fucking drug addicts or alcoholics or some bullshit and all they th they think like haha i'm going to gain something by being a prick to this person because uh, they view you as competition especially out in the la scene because everybody wants that kimmel writing job mm. and how you get it is cutting other people down it's 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 the most ridiculous thing you're kind of fucked man because like you're a dude 
There's there's yeah. no fucking room for you in in comedy anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're screwed. It's tough. It's kind of why uh, it's kind of why I went the um, the animation path kind of too. Because like I I moved out to LA. Like I'm a, I have like an IQ that begins with a decimal point. I'm a very simple man. <laughs> uh, I thought I was gonna like get some acting gigs. Like just move out there. And be oh. like, well, I'm here for the acting gigs, boys. <laughs> Lay them on me. But uh, yeah, I just found out like, dude, if I make my own stuff, I can kind of give myself bit parts. I can do the parts I want to do, and then I can also kind of like. I get to meet people like you who like, okay, you don't do a lot of voice acting work, but then I, I put you in something and you're great at it. Like I you can do that. fucking, you can do more excellent stuff. Like not that I'm trying, I'm helping people grow, you know, mainly I'm trying to grow myself, but like, it's, uh, it's like a community, I guess, like we were saying earlier, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're probably not going to find that in LA, dude. Uh- yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Thankfully I got some roommates I'm close with and they're not, uh, they're normies, but they're, uh, they're good people, but they, they keep me sane. They keep are, me sane. Are you a particularly political person? Um, like a news junkie or what the hell ever people want to call it. I mean, you don't have to go out there and like have signs and shit or like, I mean, you I just, my David Duke tattoo. Right. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, dude, I fucking, uh, I, I mean, I was super into it maybe junior, senior year, but part of it was cause like I was being told by everyone, like I was an asshole for what I believed in and like for what I thought. So it was like, it's so cliche, but them saying that, like, that you're an asshole just got me more ingrained kind of in the political stuff and making more edgy content. But um, like I said earlier, I'm, at the end of the day, I really do want to make everyone laugh. So it's kind of I'm trying to kind of lean out of that, like that newest cartoon was less political. I don't mind working with the political guys like I love them. They're the best. But um, as far as my content, I want it to be if it's political, something that both sides can at least kind of get a kick out of. If that makes sense. No, that absolutely makes sense. And that's why one of the uh, it's 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 a tragedy that the, the tragic story of Stephen Colbert, because when he played the character Stephen Colbert, he did appeal to everyone because. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, the the liber- uh, the liberals would look at him and go, ah, stupid conservative thing. And then the conservatives were under the impression for the most part, because most conservative, I mean, like right wing America is filled with so many stupid motherfuckers. Uh, we're they're the just, dumbest, dude. Yeah. I love it. We're the dumbest. <laughs> it's it's not it's good. Our it's our downfall. But they could they could watch it and be like, "That's funny." Still, that's that's funny. And yeah. he did appeal to everyone, and it was it was goofy, except for Bill O'Reilly, who was extremely frustrated with him. But oh yeah, Bill Bill O is just a nice old curmudgeon. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's weird because like, um, and I I hate generalizing like left and right. It's so like cliche at this point. But um, definitely when I was younger, it was more like right leaning people who were kind of trying to stop people from making content and yeah, kind of yeah. censor people. Now it's still, it's more left wing people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a weird thing. And I'm, I'm glad to have a, a comic uh, on here uh, to, uh, to talk about this, but Thank when, you. Thank when, you. when, <laughs> when, do, when do you think, that there was this because uh, there's always that big myth of that the the uh, Dinesh D'Souza the switch when the party switched and it's like you know the Democrats the party of the KKK all this like fucking stupid shit shit where he like totally forgets about the Dixiecrats you know entirely right. like just forgets about all of that shit you know entirely but right. there was a very clear switch between like if you go back and you look at like Lenny Bruce 
you know, who went to jail for obscenity stuff. It was it was the uh, more conservative Christian types that were causing that to happen. Now we understand oh, yeah. he, he's a subversive Jew and all of this crap or whatever, right? But he was still fucking funny and mm -hmm. very edgy uh, for his uh, for his time and all of that because he would say motherfucker, but. Yeah. It, it would go on, and, and like, left-wing comedians were the edgy people. They were bucking the establishment. I'm oh, yeah. not sure when this happened, but they eventually just were absorbed and, and became the establishment. I think they subverted so hard in, in, in the culture that they just became the dominant culture. And as, as a comic, if you're part of the dominant culture, then... What are, you, what are you doing? Like, what exactly. are you doing? Unless you're doing knock-knock jokes, which I love a good knock-knock joke. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know. They're excellent. They're excellent. Right. But there was a switch at some point, and I'm trying to pin it. I'm trying to find when that seemed to happen because it was pre-Trump. It was yeah. pre-Trump. To me, it was um, my first year of college, I think, maybe when I first started to kind of notice that, like the flip over. It's weird, and I this is so cliche and stupid, like everything I say, but... <laughs> It's like, um, especially like these stone toss dudes and these, these wormwood guys who, by the way, if you haven't checked out martianmagazine.com, his comics are fantastic. You're a wormwood fan, I'm assuming, right? Sure. Yeah. Excellent. But, um, it's almost like they're kind of the new, uh, and I'm cringing saying this, but they're like the new punk. The new almost. punk rock. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, Imagine my shock. Imagine conservatism is the new counterculture. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's fucking gay. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> what you're yeah, saying. exactly. It's um, yeah. I, 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 would would it be you think uh, would it would it be wrong to say that I mean Obama had a lot to do with that because I think that it was during Obama that it really became. Like, I'm definitely tainted because, like, my uh, my family in PA is very, um, especially extended extended family are very like Republican, like hated Obama, yeah. like from his policies. Like they they're all like small business owners who got screwed over. Like my uncle Paul, um, the best dude ever, man. He has an ice company. The man works so hard, dude, delivering ice and stuff. Um, but they're, they're all people who, um, when Trump did the business deals and the tax cuts and everything, they all benefited, and they're all happy about that. So it's, I always feel so conflicted because I hear all these stories about how, you know, what Trump's doing is bad and what Obama did was the best. But my, <laughs> my family personally, it was the opposite, you know. And I'm, I'm sure people benefited under Obama. I'm sure there were tons of people who benefited under Obama. But I just yes, know, yes, like, I'm aware of black people. Yes, yes. <laughs> they exist, yeah, they're not a lot in Pennsylvania. There's very few, but, um, but yeah, it was just like, uh, to see the benefits kind of extended family and friends received and how they kind of suffered under Obama. It was just like, um, I'm, I'm biased though. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't want to talk about like, uh, I hate giving my opinion on that because I know I have like a bias. Sure. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, yeah. uh, you're you're on uh, the wrong show for bias, right. sir. I mean, right. I I am. Do it, brother. You know, com in. <laughs> completely unbiased and totally uh, totally fair. In fact, if you look at history, Barack Obama is the worst person in the entire world, and that's just a fact. Well, I think actually <laughs> the fact is he's the best president we've ever had. Under yeah. his ruling, we had the strongest form of government, <laughs> and we were the most prosperous under Obama. I think that's the actual fact that you 
maybe glossing over you know what i'm saying but uh <laughs> i got the nine millimeter pointed at me yeah I'm, I'm very concerned for you i keep seeing a red light go Thank over you. your uh it, that's the targeting uh the targeting point it's nice that's um yeah that's a uh, con conservative household right there that's uh, or i mean very. a hostage situation i i don't know they're holding me hostage for coochie. I didn't want to say anything, but uh, if these men don't get some coochie, there's going to be some problems. I'm just going to say that. Much. Oh, you will not find it on this show, sir. That's uh, well, there's there's there are too many women that listen to this goddamn podcast, though, that pisses me off. So if you could do me a favor and tell women to <laughs> stop listening to the podcast, women, maybe go away. Okay, <laughs> this is a men's club. Whoa, that was that was a bright in my eye. Did you see that? I did. Very nice. Very nice. You got, good. you got, Very you good. got some nice gentlemen ruining my, uh, ruining my show. That's nice. I do. I have some nice gentlemen <laughs> ruining the show. Thank you. Great. Excellent. Thank you. So a little my extended family, I love them, bro. So a little bit more, uh, and we are going to light up a Gurkha Havana blend. Uh, oh, hell yeah. So. Yeah. You got me, wa you got me wanting to get back into cigars in college. One of my close friends, dad was like a, um, he was a cigar, actually. It was crazy. He was a cigar. But uh, he was like, um, what's up, brother? Yo, this is my, uh, my buddy, Ian. He's coming in. All right. He's a backwoods boy. He's here to say hello. Hello, all Ian. The backwoods what up, dog? Hey. I realize I had headphones in, so you guys probably can't, no, hear. I can't hear anything. They're, he they're here for the cigarettes. I see ah, how it is. All right. Um. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Repeat the question for me. Uh, I, I I started oh I started focusing on the cigar, and then we started talking oh, about right. how your, uh, your your friend's dad was a cigar. Dude, he was a cigar. He owned like uh, the guy always told me, but you know how kids are always biased against their fathers. But he had like one of the biggest cigar companies in the world. But he would bring me these vanilla cigars, and they were the most delicious things, dude. I loved them. I clean the litter box. Oh my god! Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> you got you got like you got like five more minutes, and they can't you know they can't leave you be. They uh, can't. Yeah. They're they're addicted to me, man. I can't help it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're you started doing the animating, all that. I mean, career wise, where are you hoping to go? Um, because like you you realize you're stained forever by not accepting the cult of progressivism. I know. And, I know, dude. I have a solid. Uh, job actually so like the animation isn't like what i'm relying on right now that's kind of like um i mean i'd love to transition to that like being able to you know how like wormwood and stone toss kind of like live off that stuff that would be excellent but um yeah i have a solid job at like a a um one of those like small companies we work with we do like the light shows for like the careful. nfl and like careful uh, oh yeah right i don't want to dox myself <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of just focusing on that kind of the the animation is like I come home and that's what I do until I go to bed, really. Right on. Yeah. Um. Well, see, I I would love to uh, I'd love to just keep chatting with you and have you uh, uh, continue to be here, especially more about the uh, the stand up stuff. We got to have some chats about that. Unfortunately, I have uh, to get through quite a bunch of fucking bullshit. My friend, I don't blame you. And it, these kids are getting a little rowdy. Can I get the nine <laughs> Very excellent. Thank you. Thank you. What are we working with? A SIG hour, you said? <laughs> yeah. 
We're ready. We're ready. Oh, Any boy. liberals come, we're ready. <laughs> no, 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 no. None yeah, of we need that. To get those off the street. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're saying. We need to keep guns off the street. Oh, all right, boy. my guy. It was excellent. Well, hold Thank on. You. I, I, I don't, I don't want to take up too much time. No, no, no. I got one you more. Another question. I have one more question for you. Uh, is this, it's the same thing that I always ask everybody. This was uh, a little less intensive of an interview, a little bit more of just a wonderful conversation. We got to have more yeah, of these in private I'm for very, sure. I'm very down. Um, and you're welcome onto the show anytime you'd like. If you got something you want to promote, too kind, brother. Anytime. You're too kind. But. Is there anything that I did not ask you that we didn't touch on that you might want people to uh, to know about you besides just your plugs, which you're going to get in uh, uh, during this? Um, other than the plugs, not really. I mean, I kind of like the uh, the aspect of people not knowing too much about me. Sure. I'm sure you understand that a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> they got me, bro. There's nothing like having an older cousin, bro. It's the best. You'll never be better than them. Anything they say, they can just destroy you. It's excellent. It's that uh, that quick wit of you're gay. That's uh, shit. Why didn't that guy have a Netflix special? I mean, anytime your older cousin or an older brother calls you gay, it's over. You can't say anything. Like it's just over. It's like a sore dick. You just can't beat it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you heard him, but I that's, did. That's I did. pretty much the way. Yeah. So where can we find that's... you at, Zach? Where can we find you at? And when is my Bro, hat I... coming? Your hat should be there. I put a little extra treats in there for you. So uh, he's mailing me I drugs have, at this point. I think that's. I got a lot of drugs in there for you. Man. <laughs> Black tar heroin, some match, just a sampling. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like a smattering, smorgasbord. Um, it should be in soon. I threw in. I don't know if you're a hair gel guy, but my buddy started like a. Um, exactly her show company but i threw some of those in there for you but uh yeah dude you can find me yolo swag studios on youtube or twitter um dick tracker 16 exactly that's my uh my code name i don't have an insta sadly i deleted it but uh dude check me out i mean uh you know if you hate me you hate me if you like me you like me you know whatever win lose no big deal well, there you go. All right, Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Everybody check out YOLO Swag Studios. Buy a hat because they got uh, cool hats. It says Thick Chicks Only. And that's, I got a, uh, a Carson life. 2024 sweater coming out as well. <laughs> I'll just give you the sneak peek. It's a sneak peek. But uh, thank you, my friend. God bless, and God bless your show, my friend. All right, thanks so much, Zach. You have yourself a good one. Take it easy. Uh, oh, no.
James Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, has left the White House. Um, I'm not sure if the man was fired. I'm not sure if he resigned. The narrative in the media seems to be he resigned at a protest uh, with, with, with Trump saying, uh, look, we're pulling out of Syria, okay? It's fucking ridiculous. We have so many people living in Syria, Afghanistan. It's an absolute mess. And Mattis was like, I'm a general and I love death. But this is, this is, this is good that Mattis is leaving. Mattis, uh, a hell of a general. Hell of a general. Definitely, if you want people killed, he's the guy to do it. He's very good at it, very knowledgeable. But you got to remember, he's not a policymaker. He was an advisor. That's what the secretaries do. Defense secretary. That's I mean when they they're not they don't they can't make legislation they can't make these decisions. It ultimately comes down to the commander in chief, Donald Trump, who is the commander in chief right now. So Mattis is leaving. Mattis is the guy. If you remember, buddies, if you remember, Mattis is the guy who was like, "Oh uh, yeah, trannies ought to be able to serve in the military." I think that it's just fantastic. By the way, this isn't actually how Mattis sounds. It's just how I picture every general sounding. Told you we were going to work on some impressions today. That's just my impression of a general. Like a, a big general, not a boot camp general, just because, uh, you know, because that's a drill sergeant. Never mind, that's a completely different thing. But this is just how generals sound all the time. Uh, sir, uh, I believe that, uh, you, you know, uh, we we have trainees in the military. We need, uh, you know, everybody available for our uh, never-ending expansion and uh, interventionalism. Uh, this is very important that we continue to have people die for Israel. Uh, fuck Iran. I think we had to bomb the shit out of Iran. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm Mad Dog Mattis. But he was never, like, a, a great guy. He was a great fucking general. I give him the same respect that I give General Flynn, who I, from the start, have been saying I don't particularly like. And he's in a bad situation at the moment now, but we'll get to Flynn in March when uh, more stuff happens with him. But holy shit, if there is not one thing that unites everyone in D.C., who, by the way, is better than you. Everybody in D.C. is better than you. They're smarter than you. They know what the American people want more than you, the American people. This is the, uh, there's, there's so many great headlines. We're going to start, because uh, it's just so short, and it's, it's, it's this retarded opinion piece by uh, the editorial board at the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. With Mattis leaving, be afraid. The resignation of Defense Secretary Jim Mattis propelled a bipartisan wave of anxiety across Washington and many other world capitals. And for good reason. Mr. Mattis was a rock of stability in an otherwise chaotic administration. Look out for that word. I'm sure if you've been watching cable news, you've been hearing it like crazy. Chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. They always like to describe the administration as chaotic. And the fact is, it's not actually chaotic. It's just not the way that things are done. Which is why we, the people, put Donald Trump in the White House to begin with. We didn't like the way the things were being done. He's not breaking the goddamn laws, well, as far as I know. But it is chaotic, seemingly chaotic, to people that have been there for a very long time. Those people are called the swamp. But, and he announced his departure follow, uh, followed a pair of precipitous and reckless decisions by President Trump. The removal of all U.S. forces from Syria and 50% force reduction in Afghanistan. 
combined with his wild swings between accepting budget compromise and forcing a partial government shutdown on the weekend before Christmas. <laughs> before Christmas. Those non-essential employees will have to wait to get their back pay before Christmas. Mr. Trump appears unhinged and heedless of the damage he might do to vital national interests. Oh, look at that. It says for Israel right there. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, because they continue to be liars. In his resignation letter, Mr. Mattis soberly laid out some of the stakes. He stressed the importance of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships and treating allies with respect. The contrast with Mr. Trump's tweets claiming the United States gains nothing by protecting others who do not appreciate what we are doing was stark. Well, of course it was stark because there's a main difference between Donald Trump representing the will of the people, the people that are so tired of war after the Iraq war, so fucking tired of it, that they never want anything like it again, and that's what Syria is planning, was, was chalking up to be. And Afghanistan, guys, I am 31 years old. We've been in Afghanistan forever. There are people that went into Afghanistan, left... And then now had kids that went and were deployed in Afghanistan. We've been there forever. Trump has always been starkly anti-war. <sighs> Mr. Mattis rightly said the United States must be clear-eyed, but both malign actors and strategic competitors including China and Russia, which he said want to shape a world consistent with their authoritarian model. That was a response to the president's unfounded dismissal of the continuing threat posed by the Islamic State and his persistent toadying. Never even heard that word. Toadying? Maybe that's a typo. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Toadying? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Not smart enough to have ever heard of it. To Russian President Vladimir Putin, who, for his part, was quick to praise the Syria pullout. And they linked the tweet in the last thing that we talked about. Oh, the last episode. Mr. Trump claims he was acting on a campaign promise by ordering troops home from the Middle East, but that ignores the reality that for two years he pursued a very different policy at the unanimous urging of his national security team. Yeah, you mean when the swamp was telling him, like, yeah, bomb, bomb people? You remember, like, how excited, like, all the media, like, could not praise him enough for launching tomahawks at Syria? They were like, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump's great, woo! Fucking bombing people! Really excited about that. I was not excited about it. Ultimately, it was not a bad move. Nothing happened. Uh, very few people even died. This abrupt shift came uh, without a pr any process of internal deliberation or consultation with allies, or it would seem serious consideration of the political consequences. The political consequences of people liking him more? This is a decision that most people, just average people, not political people, praise they think is a good thing we don't want our military over everywhere in the goddamn world the american people grew up with uh, the, the, the 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 millennials grew up seeing what a fucking mistake the iraq war was now we'll get into the potential long-term consequences of this because i mean there's always unforeseen consequences to this type of thing but 
I'm gonna run out of I'm gonna run out of drink here soon, but these could be uh, the, be far-reaching. The revival of the Islamic State, the rise of Iran and Russia as masters of the Middle East, a serious deterioration of Israel's security, and the collapse of the Afghan government that the United States has spent 17 years fostering and defending. Propping up is the word that you should use. Just, just, you just use that phrase instead of propping up. It's understandable that having tried and failed to dissuade the president acting on his destructive impulses, because there he is again, Donald Trump is this destructive, chaotic figure who has no idea what he's doing and just uh, acts entirely on impulse, and he's such a big dummy. Because all of these things are so complicated, guys. They're so complicated. They're not. We know that they're not. We should not be meddling around in the Middle East. Mattis himself had said that we should not be the police of the world. But we need to go police the world. This is how deep neoconservative thought is and interventionalist thought is in the American political class. Now, on the one hand, I can excuse the generals because that's what they like to do. They like to kill shit. But it's so ingrained in this neoconservative bullshit, in this globalist bullshit, where we need to be the police of the world, where we need to go in and spread democracy and have strategic allies as if other countries don't deserve their sovereignty. Now, we can also say the truth of it is this is all for the interest of Israel. If Israel wants to fucking fuck shit up in Iran or Syria or any of that, they're welcome to. But do it yourselves. Go send your own fucking citizens to do that. Go send your army. Do it. I hear you guys are great. We certainly pay enough for the training and weapons and all that for you fuckfaces. I don't care if Russia has more of a stake in Syria now. I don't, I don't care. That, that's when they become Russia's problem. I don't like the Syrians. I don't like Assad. So, like, lionizing Bashar al-Assad and saying he's this great guy is a mistake. But I don't think that he gassed his own people. I think that the president has probably learned from that. We've kind of seen that. I think he did react, and he was just going off of what people had, had told him. I think it upset him. He believed it. He's a boomer. He's old. He had a lot of pressure to do such things. Now, like I said on the last episode on Wednesday, do not be surprised if there's another one of these fucking gas attacks or whatever. Fake bullshit. But you've got all of Washington, everything, in a tizzy, in a panic over this. Now, while I, sh I do think that we should be getting out of Syria and we definitely need to do more than 50% of the reduction of uh, getting our troops out of Afghanistan. One, it's America. We're never going to not have shit everywhere. I mean, it's the American empire stretches so far, and it shouldn't. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of human life, uh, and it fucks up the sovereignty of other nations. I'm a nationalist, no matter what. Iran, Russia, Syria, all that. They deserve to be their own sovereign states. I don't, I don't think anybody should argue against that. Um, you could say, I don't like those people. I don't like what they do over there. I don't think that anybody but America is awesome. I think everybody else should be looked at suspect. Of course, you need allies. That's fine. But really, I mean, we have this ally system where Israel is, is, is our ally when 
we could just swap that with being allies with Iran and Russia. And we could still have arguably the same amount, if not more, roughly, depending on if Iran gets nukes, the same amount of uh, influence in the Middle East and control over the Middle East. But we shouldn't have to have control over the Middle East. We shouldn't be trying to control the Middle East. They're a bunch of savages. Like, we're, we're friends with Israel and the Saudis. Like, that's it. That's the only reason that a lot of this happens. Because they're, we give them a lot of money, and then, like, you know, we uh, spread democracy to these fucking third world places that just happen to have, a, you know, a bunch of fucking natural resources and shit. It's neoconservatism. It's, it's globalist fucking bullshit. And this is, it runs so deep in here. You've got, you've got the Hill, Mattis, Exits, uh, Pentagon in state of depression. The mood at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill darkened with the resignation of Defense Secretary James Mattis, a Pentagon official who spoke on the condition of, uh, spoke on the condition of anonymity on Friday. That could be anybody. That could have been me. I get pretty drunk and make weird phone calls, man. That could have been me. Described the mood inside the building as eerie. Obviously, it's close to the holidays, so you don't expect to see a lot of people, but there's just a general fear of the unknown. The news that Mattis will leave at the end of February came on top of an already heavy plate of turmoil. President Trump's full withdrawal from Syria and the consideration of a down, uh, drawdown in Afghanistan, a looming government shutdown, and tanking stock markets. Why would tanking stock markets have anything to do with um, our... our, our, our military shit around the world. Weird how they put that in there. Pretty weird, huh? Oh no, I have a crack. I have a crack in my in my cigar. It's terrible. But the Mattis uh, exit was the cherry on a sour Sunday. Oh my god, who wrote this? Who wrote this? Rebecca Keel and Ellen Mitchell. Oh, my God. It took two people to write this. It was the cherry on a sour Sunday. Jesus. That is some, like, eighth grade creative writing class bullshit. A sour Sunday. Given his standing as the most respected member of Trump's cabinet um, across the political spectrum. Yeah, because he's a globalist. Like that, I mean, that's, that's just... Uh, that. That's why. Imagine a mentor or a friend, someone you thought would be there for the entirety of your tour, someone who everyone thought really highly of, suddenly not there anymore. People are really bummed, the Pentagon said. Yeah, people are really bummed, said the Pentagon. In their, in their, official, in their official statement, uh, they also said, pass the duchy to the left-hand side. Mattis submitted his resignation letter, yada, yada. You got 2,000 troops coming out of, uh, out of Syria. Pelosi, the uh, next House Speaker, said she was shaken. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, in one of his more critical statements of the president to date, said he was particularly distressed. It's funny how the one thing that can bring all these people together is, holy fucking shit, what do you, what do you mean we're not going to send people to... Be away from their families and potentially die. It's weird. It's almost like they have this all this like one common interest here. No matter what. It's really bizarre. It's really just uh crazy. And meanwhile, you know, the, the American people, you and I, uh, not 
not big fans of any time there's any type of war. It's just wild, right? It's just wild how we don't like it, but they know what's best. You got to remember, they, they know exactly what's best. But uh, New York Times, uh, Maggie Haberman, Mattis recognition is an astonishing rebuke of Trumpism. So let's listen to this. She, she got on CNN on Friday, uh, you know, just being like an awesome person. Joining us now is CNN political analyst and White House correspondent for the New York Times, Maggie Haberman. Maggie, we are so happy to see you. We want to know what the heck is going on this morning after everything we've seen. And look, James Mattis made clear he quit effective at the end of February because he thinks the president is too disrespectful of U.S. allies and too solicitous of U.S. enemies. And the exact quote in his resignation letter, because you have the right to have a secretary of defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects, I believe it is right for me to step down from my position. You call this an astonishing rebuke of Trumpism. Well, it is. I mean, he makes very clear that he does not agree with the key tenets uh, that the president not only has espoused over the last two years, but let's remember these are things that he ran on, he campaigned on. He made very clear that he was against um, extensive U.S. engagements in the Middle East. This should not surprise anyone. And what's interesting about that letter is Mattis was, you know, he was a general through and through. He made very clear that this is, there is one president, and it's President Trump, um, but that he himself does not feel that he can consider to serve uh, this administration anymore. Uh, given the, the deep divisions between himself and the president, he's the first person to do this. It's not just that Mattis is a person of stature. It's not just that James Mattis, for a very long time, had been the person who had been something of a, of a, of a binky, for lack of a putting it, um, for Republicans and Democrats who were looking for some sense of, of calm or a guardrail within the administration. I'm not actually sure that that was anything uh, more than a mirage because the president went ahead and did most of what he wanted to anyway. People have been able to delay the president, but not totally dissuade him from what he wanted. But Mattis is the first person to leave and not pretend that this was all just the right time or that, you know, he had family concerns or he had some other job opportunity he wanted to seek. Uh, he made a, a clear break, and I think that makes it harder for people who are increasingly, particularly in the Republican-held Senate, who have issues with the president's conduct and we are going to hear a lot more about that in the coming months as you have these house uh, investigations it's going to be harder to avert their gaze maggie you're so right that is one of the astonishing things is that mattis spelled it out explicitly right. for everyone he wrote a letter this wasn't a leak this wasn't unnamed sources. No, he, he put his name to it. He put and his name yeah. to a letter in which he says, while the U.S. remains the indispensable nation in the free world, we cannot protect our interests or serve that role effectively without maintaining strong alliances right. and showing respect to our allies. I mean, that's his version of sounding an alarm. It is. Now, look, again, I think it is important to keep stressing there, the degree to which what has been striking about how the, the reporting that we have all done about this White House and about this president is how little so many of the people who work around the president actually respect him or believe in what he is doing. Because you would not have these kinds of leaks uh, if they did respect him or did believe in what he is doing. Half those leaks are fucking false. Like reportedly fucking false but this is again this is cnn i'm sorry i just had to jump in on that one there and and, and i agree there are a lot of people in, in his white house that don't like him and don't respect what he's doing why is not the story like oh holy shit what's up with these people it never is because they're feeding right into the goddamn media they love this the thing is cnn has it out for trump we know that 
And the New York Times says it out for Trump. We know that. I just, I, I, I love that because they're rooting for these people that are working against the interest of a duly elected president. That's just always fucking hilarious to me. They just say it outright. They're like, yeah, people are working against the president. And, and I, it's just so silly. And Mattis, again, is the first person to actually put his name to where he has differences with the president and to not make it personal, right? I mean, to make it very clear that this is about how you see America's role in the world, how he sees America's role in the world. Um, the president did something that made people, many people, very unhappy with uh, what he did about Syria. It certainly did not have... A a lot of planning or normal process. Officials at the State Department were stunned. Many of the Department of Defense, although not all, were stunned. Um, but this is consistent with what he has said he has wanted this whole time. And so anyone who is surprised probably shouldn't be. And anyone who is surprised that there was not a normal... Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Anybody who, who, who's surprised shouldn't be. Yeah, we, we know that. That was a big thing that he fucking ran on. This is the arrogance of these motherfuckers. He ran on this. People liked that. Of course, now you get the fucking pieces of shit. Everybody is Eric Erickson now at this point. Did you guys, did you happen to see? Uh, maybe if somebody could find the uh, uh, find the, the tweet for me and put it up in the chat, I can actually read the exact thing. Uh, but Eric Erickson said something along the lines of like, uh, uh, Trump, uh, 2018 Trumpers, uh, are acting like the, quote, unhinged liberals of uh, 2004 or something like that. Yeah, the, 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 the people that were like, hey, uh, don't invade Iraq. Like, don't, 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 don't fucking invade uh, anybody. Like, just don't do it. Like, just please, please stop. Like, please stop doing this. Trump has always been like this. He ran on this shit. That's a thing that people voted for. Now, the main thing that, he, that, that we all voted for was immigration for most people. And that's another thing that they're ignoring. But it, it's funny. The disconnect. I have half a mind to move within the fucking beltway. It'd be, it'd be some fun. It'd be some fun live streams, I think. Like, I mean, who wouldn't? I Just running around. Giving people the finger it would be really fun. It would give me something to do, you know, between work. Uh, I could go to, you know, wherever. I have half a mind to, to move within the beltway. I really am considering it, honestly. Uh, just to get a glimpse of, like, what these people are like. Because it's a completely different world there. They don't know what it's like. They have no... They're not in touch with people like you and I. Who just are like, yeah, war's bad. Like, I don't like the expansionism. I don't, I don't like the interventionalism. I don't like that. Like, you guys lied to a super hardcore with Iraq, and we're, like, not into it. You look at these giant military fuck-ups. You got, like, Iraq. I mean, like, Vietnam. That was a fucking huge deal. Nixon pulled out of Vietnam. People liked him about that. But look at the way they treat Nixon now in the history books. Nixon was a pretty good guy. You know, it's like the American people don't like war, man. Like we don't like it because like a lot of people are even sold that it's like war for oil or the fuck ever. When, you know, I mean, reality is this war for, you know, global interests. And, and a lot of that does happen to, you know, end up benefiting Israel because they are one of our allies in the Middle East. Um, you know, I mean, the Saudis and, and the Israelis, they're 
just just the same to me as far as like those countries go for the crap that we put up with and 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 do uh for for those people but i think you'd be hard pressed at christmas dinner on tuesday to find anybody that's pro-war and anybody that's going to be pro pulling out of syria or anti pro pulling out of syria probably just doesn't like donald trump now these are all good things. Let me hit you with the bad stuff. I said I was going to hit you with the bad stuff. We're going to have a long one tonight, folks. We're probably going to do, because uh, uh, I'm going I'm to get through everything. It's the last show of the year. We've got uh, a few more things, but I apologize. I apologize, but, uh, you know, that's the way we're going to do it. What is the bad part, Brian? What's the bad part of pulling out of uh, Syria, Afghanistan, etc.? Well, ultimately, in the long run, we probably are looking at more refugees, uh, that is gonna get, that is gonna get it to be a bad situation over there. Not that there's anything that can be done to help it. There's really nothing that can be done to help it. Once you fuck it, you can't unfuck it, and it was already fucked to begin with. It's just a big bloody fucking pussy over there in the Middle East, because it's just been fucked a million times. It's fucked. There's nothing you can do about it. But ultimately, when Donald Trump is gone, we're probably gonna get some more fucking refugees. And I'm saying refugees in quotes, because we know that they're military-aged young men. People that should be over there trying to rebuild their fucking country. But they're not. And they won't. And Donald Trump won't be president forever, even if he does win his 2020 bid. Which is yet to be seen. We'll see how this is all plays out. But, you know, we'll be right here, doing giving you the news as we glide on into the apocalypse. But in the long run, that that we're we're gonna get them either way. I fully support the plan to withdraw from Syria completely, and I wish we could withdraw more than fifty percent of our troops in Afghanistan. You know, I'm a, I'm a uh, I'm a Ron Paul guy. Uh, is where I really kind of started, and. Um, that was one of the things that he, he was very adamant about was why the fuck do we have bases all over the goddamn country or uh, planet? You know, it's uh, that really got me thinking about that very early on. When I was a younger man, I was not as fat. Uh, I was a lot happier, I think. I was always pretty miserable, but, uh, you know, I definitely wasn't as fat. <laughs> I definitely wasn't as fat. I have, I have gained some weight. But... Um, yeah, I, 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 I really hope that this happens. From the OIWD Studios, this is Right to Brighton. More fun things to look forward to in 2018. Uh, do you guys remember that man-free festival that they that they had in, in, in Sweden? And the reason that they had it was because... Uh, there was just too much rape at the festivals in Sweden. Like, an astonishing amount of rape. Well, uh, yeah, they, they, they got sued. Uh, and, uh, found guilty of discrimination. Uh, so it, it breached Sweden's anti-discrimination uh, uh, anti laws. Shocker there, guys. Shocker. The events organizer said in a Facebook post that they are too busy changing the world to respond... 
uh, and uh, it's sad that 5,000 women, non-binaries, and transgender experienced a life-changing festival, made a few cisgender men lose it completely. The success of the statement, fe uh, statement festival shows that it is exactly what we need, and uh, and the DO, I don't know what the DO is, uh, some Swedish fucking bullshit. Uh, the DO's verdict does not change that fact. The DO's uh, ruling acknowledged that the male-free uh, rule was not enforced at the festival held earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, because there was trannies there. Like, they just said it. Like, they just said it. Uh, adding that uh, no differentiation uh, based on sex was made between visitors at entry. That... Nobody... nobody wait, somebody's going to have to get mad about that. Somebody's going to have to get mad about this. Because those trannies, non-binaries, whatever the fuck that means, eventually are going to just get, catch wind of that. I'd be mad about that. Because they always turn on these people. The funny thing about, like, fringe bullshit is, like, they always end up turning on people. Like, they they're, they're just eat each other alive because it's just unhappy people. I... They, they, they're not... There's no financial penalties because nobody suffered damage at the festival's restrictions or whatever. Um... Expect more of this. I, and I, I won't be surprised. I'm not going to keep up with this shit. I don't care what happens in Sweden. Sweden sucks dick. The only good thing that happened in Sweden is, well, like, uh, PewDiePie, Swedish. Like, that's the only good fucking thing that's ever come out of Sweden. I don't, I don't care about Sweden. But any of you, uh, you know, international folks who, like, care about this, because I don't think we have any Swedish listeners, but if you care about this stuff, please let me know. Because uh, I'm going to assume there's going to be a small group of people that are mad because... You know, it, uh, there was no differentiation based on sex was made between visitors at entry, be, and, and there was trannies there. They're going to connect the dots somehow and just be like, oh, this is, uh, they, they're, saying that, they're saying that trans women are, uh, are men. They're old-time radio hosts. That's, 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 what, that's, uh, that's what they are. Oh, man. I think I'm like, I think I'm running out of these, uh. Running out of these uh, uh, little bumpers. Oh well. OIWD presents Right to Bryden. 100% correct. 70% accurate. Uh, now the thing that I had is, uh, uh, is, is wrong here, but I'll give you the gist of it while I find a, uh, a better article. Thank you, Wall Street Journal, for being as cool as you are. Uh, Der Spiegel, the German, um, uh, the German newspaper bullshit, uh, they, they employed this, uh, journalist fella, Klaus Relotios, Klaus Relocation, I don't know, so Klaus Relocation is 33 years old, he, uh, it was found, he, he, he just made shit up. He just made all kinds of fucking bullshit up. He was an award-winning journalist. CNN was like, journalist of the year. What an amazing guy. And he had written bullshit like uh, there, there was a small town in Minnesota. I think it was something, something like that. Small town in Minnesota that had a uh, uh, no Mexicans allowed <laughs> sign. Like all of this, all of this just like made up bullshit. All of this just not true bullshit. This is, this is a, a, a journalist of the year, CNN. He resigned after admitting to making up stories and inventing protagonists in more than a dozen articles in the magazine's print and online edition. Since the scandal was revealed by the magazine on Wednesday, other mainstream German outlets, including uh, Die Welt and Die Zeit, uh, 
Fuck you, Germans. Like, okay, we won that war. We ought to make them speak English. Honestly, I think that that's just fair. I think that that's just fair because I should never have to read that stupid bullshit. Uh, which one of, uh, which once used relocations uh, uh, as, as a freelancer have also begun pouring through articles that he wrote for them. Tell it like it is, wrote Der Spiegel on its latest magazine cover in an allusion to the publication's motto coined by its founder, Rudolf Augstein, uh, that also hangs at the entrance of the headquarters in Hamburg. In its editorial, the magazine uh, said the scam involving subjects including Syrian orphans and, and a Holocaust survivor was the worst thing that can happen to an editorial team. It apologized uh, for the mistake and promised to do everything to boost our credibility again. To, uh, to do everything to uh, boost our credit. Uh, I can't. That's it's Mexican. That's like a retarded Mexican person. Why can't I do German right now? That's do everything. Every, every, I can't do it. I can't do it. We're too, we're too sober to do impressions right now, folks. It's, fu it's fucking terrible. But look, the cheating came to light after a colleague who worked with him on a story along the U.S.-Mexican uh, border raised suspicions about some of the details in relocations reporting. The colleague eventually tracked down the two alleged sources quoted extensively in Relocation's article, which was published in November. Both said they never met Relocations. Der Spiegel said it was lucky that one of the employees managed to uncover the case. So I'll bet what happened is that's, uh, uh, they, they just didn't like him personally. They just didn't like him personally. The losers are all the journalists in the country who carry out their research in difficult or dangerous circumstances, as well as members of the editorial teams who check through text and quality and accuracy, said somebody I cannot even begin to fucking say this dude's name. Uh, Sudanese Zen Zerg Spot. I, I, I have no fucking idea how to, how to fucking say this shit. But now they're they're uh, you know they're saying like oh the the AFD uh, you know alternative for Deutschland is just yucking it up. They're loving this. They're loving every single minute of it as they should. As they absolutely should. Now, I'm sure you get arrested if you if you if you say lying press in Germany at this point. because uh, they they don't they don't like anything related to uh, to their history. But I am uh, uh, I, I, I'm not I, I mean I'm not at all I'm not at all shocked. I don't think anybody is is shocked in the least bit. It's it's the uh, cherry on the sour Sunday for the, uh, the the fake news media though that CNN gave this motherfucker uh, Klaus relocations journalist of the year. I, lo I I just I love every fucking minute of it. I I think that that's absolutely hilarious and we're not gonna uh let's yeah we'll do this this will be all right have a merry christmas from brian and speaky Should have just done this instead, but whatever. We'll just break things up. 
If anyone tells me that ISIS has been destroyed in Afghanistan, we're going to have a serious conversation. Our goal is to withdraw from Afghanistan based on conditions on the ground that will let us leave honorably. Uh, <clears throat> this decision, I believe, has been made by the President, uh, not with sound military advice against it. I think his entire national security team has expressed concerns about withdrawing now. Uh, as with President Obama, I advised him to listen to your commanders. A residual force in Iraq made sense to me. And I told him I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, but you'll get a lot of support from Senator McCain and myself if, uh, if you follow the advice. Uh, unfortunately, he did not. The rest is history. So we're going to uh, we're, we're going to touch again on Syria. I should have just done it all in one thing, but um, it's too important. And I just didn't put the show together in the way that is uh, is good. <laughs> it's uh this, this is just one more art, uh, article. This really has more to do with, with the press anyway. Um, supposed allies, Fox and Friends, fa major friend of President Trump. Co-host uh, uh, Brian Kilmeade, Trump just refounded ISIS. The, this is, here you go. He's doing. Sarah, he's giving Russia a big win. Vladimir Putin praised him. He also is doing exactly what he criticized President Obama for doing. He said President Obama is the founder of ISIS. He just refounded ISIS because they got 30,000 men there and they're already striking back uh, with our uh, would be evacuation. The president's got it. He's really uh, on the griddle with this. Brian, that, but Brian, I, I uh, have to respectfully and vehemently disagree with you. The idea that the president has had anything to do with helping ISIS reemerge is absolutely outrageous. Helping. Helping. The president has put so much emphasis on rebuilding and making sure we have the strongest military on the face of the planet. If ISIS wants to pick a fight with somebody, they sure as heck don't want to pick one with Donald Trump because he will destroy them and defeat them. And he's made that extremely clear. We've wiped out 99% of ISIS in Syria. The president doesn't want to be in the middle of a civil okay. war in the mm -hmm. Middle East and continue to put American lives uh, on the line. Words if are, we need to fight the ISIS the again, is the president's not said. afraid to do that. All right, Sarah, thank you so much. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Suck a dick. It's even Fox, guys. It's even fucking Fox. Now, I, I admit, I, I watch Fox and Friends because oftentimes I'm early, uh, uh, awake early enough. Um, been waking up typically around like uh, except for today, because I was up till 5, but then we get up around 5.30 or so every morning. Uh, which does give me time to watch a little Fox and Friends. Brian Kilmeade, I just want to go on record and say he's a giant faggot. Uh, and you can suck a dick, bud. This is, uh, it, 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 this is like Fox and Friends, guys. Trump calls into Fox and Friends, like, all the time! It's like a, a weird, a, a weird amount. Because, you know, he, he gets up at... 3.30 in the fucking morning and or whatever. I mean, the man only sleeps four hours a night. Uh, he's just a, a insane person, honestly, for that. But he calls into Fox and Friends all the time. Even Fox and Friends. Even Brian fucking Kilmeade is saying, like, oh, you can't, you can't. What this does is create the fucking narrative entirely among just normal people. And I don't want you to ruin Christmas dinner. Um... But I, I, like, ask them, like, isn't it weird that everybody seems to be in agreement on this? Like, the man ran on it, and, and I thought we were anti-war. Because, like, nobody is, like, pro-war. Get them, get them cornered. 
Get them to explain why it's good that we have people in Syria. Ask them how it worked out in, in Iraq. Ask them, like, you know, how, how bombing Yemen has been fucking, like, sweet. Especially if you have military in your, in your family. Ask them. And I'd like to know, if somebody can bring me one military guy, like, in your family, or maybe your military, if, if you're like, yay, we should stay in Syria. I don't think anybody over in Syria right now is like, oh, shucks, what do you mean we gotta leave? I loved it being, like, super a million degrees over here. I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I care deeply about this conflict that I know nothing about. It's even Fox and Friends. It's even motherfucking Fox and Friends. I don't know. Brian Kilmeade's not like a terrible person or anything like that. I just, uh, you, you gotta back up the fucking president on this one. Sorry, I should have done that once uh, earlier. Have a very merry Christmas from Bryden Spicky. Do you believe in me or not? Fuck that. I hate John Roberts. Chief Justice John Roberts is supposed to be a conservative. But like all of the fucking conservative uh, Supreme Court justices that we have, the only good one is Clarence Thomas. And I, I gotta say, I'm a fan of Gorsuch. He's all right. Not a, not a fan of Kavanaugh. That Planned Parenthood uh, fucking bullshit. Oh, we're gonna send it back down to the courts, come back with a better argument. Eat a dick. You just got pressured, man. You just got pressured. But okay. So we've got we've got uh, th this wonderful new, wonderful new ruling uh, uh, that, that's come down on high from uh, the, the mages on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rejected the Trump administration's bid to enforce new restrictions on asylum in a terse order Friday. The vote was 5-4. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the court's liberal block to deny the government's application after a federal judge in California barred uh, enforcement of the revised asylum rules. Justice Clarice Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh, hey, there you go, Kev, noted their dissent, as is typical of orders of this nature, there was no opinion. Uh, that just means they didn't, like, write a thing out. Like, they didn't write, like, the reason behind it. They just were like, you know, eat a dick, no. Uh, President Donald Trump and, and the DOJ and Homeland Security issued the restrictions as migrant caravans, uh, you know, showing up. We know all about the fucking caravans. Uh, uh, the, the rules provide that illegal aliens are ineligible for asylum protections. Federal law provi uh, provides that any foreign national who, quote, arrives in the United States, whether or not at a designated port of arrival, may apply for asylum. Congress adopted this rule pursuant of federal treaty uh, obligations under the 1967 uh, United Nations Protocol relating to the status of refugees. So, oh, well, let me read this one, this one uh, uh, quote here. Uh, These measures are designed to channel asylum seekers to ports of entry where their claims can be processed in an orderly manner, deter unlawful and dangerous border crossings, and reduce the backlog of meritless asylum claims. Uh, Solicitor General Noel uh, Fra uh, Francisco told the justices in court filings. So what you've got here is when uh, uh, when Trump was like, okay, like you you gotta you, you like you you can't just 
pass through Mexico and come over here and just like be like, hey, S.A., uh, I snuck into the country. Uh, why? Oh, it's because it's like my, my country's bad. Is what it takes to basically get asylum at this point. Oh, it's it's bad. Like uh, some uh, my, my boyfriend beat me. And like, oh, like uh, it's just hard to be trans in Honduras. It's hard, it's hard to be uh, trans here too, bud. Because uh, it's just you're weird. Right. Like you're you're just I, I, you're you're being mentally ill is like not going to get fixed on the magic soil of, of the United States. It's not going to happen. So this 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 is bad news. This is why Ruth needs to retire or, or what are the kids saying now? They're saying peacefully sunset. Um, I would I would prefer she retire, not uh, not die. I. I. I I'm not surprised by this because the fact is that Chief Justice Roberts is a piece of shit. Like, he just kind of always has been. He's always done this. And the thing is, like, the, the Democrats have a, a litmus test for when they appoint judges. And that's, are you going to overturn Roe v. Wade? We have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. We have no fucking test to see if we should appoint, appoint them or not. We just go, uh... Let's hope it works. And it never works. It never fucking works. I know we're excited about like, we're going to pack the courts. Yay. Supreme Court. Three Supreme Court justices. Yay. Kavanaugh was not on the original list that Trump had said, this is going to be the list. Before he got elected, he said, this is going to be the list. These are the people I'm going to, uh, this is my pool that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come from. Kavanaugh was not on the list. And I'm happy he sided with this there, but it, it just... You know, safe. He fucked us on Planned Parenthood. So I don't trust him. I don't trust him in the least bit. We need nothing but Clarence Thomases. God damn. God bless that old black fat bastard. I love Clarence Thomas. John Roberts is a fucking asshole. It amazes me, like, how, how, how deep all of it goes that these people do not want to protect the border. They just actively go against the, the will of most people. At least 64 million that, that actually voted. Of course, we had a very low turnout in 2016. Very low. It's funny. Most people just were like, ah, okay, fuck this shit. Which is funny for how contentious the race was. Ugh, I got a hair in my mouth. Uh, I mean, that probably helped us in the long run because the media really were like, Hillary's going to win, you know. But Clarence Thomas is, like, the only good guy that we've got on there. Again, I like Gorsuch. Don't get me wrong. I like Gorsuch. But Clarence Thomas. If we had, if we if just packed the whole fucking court with him, we'd be great. Which is why I want Amy Barrett. We can't even get our, we can't even get our fucking border fixed. Something that 10 years ago, even the Democrats were fine with. Like Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, all that were like, yeah, we got to do something about this uh, illegal immigration thing. We got to do something about it because it hurt workers. And at some point, it, there, was a, there was a split, a weird thing, where the Democrats stopped caring about workers. Like, they don't. They're just onto some weird shit now. Tranny bathrooms, open borders, weird shit, which ultimately will benefit them, I guess, for the short term, because what do you think is actually going to happen to, like, Nancy Pelosi when, you know, is not only voting, but 
is a uh, you know refugee or whatever you want to call him uh, that ends up being like yeah yeah I'm just look at me I am speaker of the house now I don't know why he was Russian look at me I am speaker of the house now a little better a little better with a Ugandan accent I I don't know what John Roberts is really fucking thinking here um, it's well, I guess I do. It's the fact that he's he's a he's he's essentially a fucking centrist at best. And I'm hoping that there is something that uh, that the Republicans end up doing that there is a litmus test for our our, our justices, because it's just well known the Democrats have one. The only thing they care about is murdering children. I don't get, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And every time I'm surprised. But I, I mean, I just, I shouldn't be. This isn't the end though, guys. This isn't the end. Again, this is going to be stuff that it's changed slightly in wording, comes back. But they're going to celebrate it as a win. And in the meantime, we're still going to have at least that we know of. 3,000 illegals flooding in a day, plus all of these asylum seekers. They should be applying for asylum in Mexico. You're not allowed, like, I don't know, I must be taking crazy pills. You're not allowed to come from Honduras uh, through Mexico and go, oh, no, I wasn't looking, I didn't want to stay in Mexico. There's not enough work there for me. I want to go to America. They have a fantastic welfare state. I don't know why the Hondurans are Mexican in, in that in that bit, but... This isn't the end of it, but it's certainly a setback, and it shows just exactly what Donald Trump is up against and how deeply these people actively hate average people like us. How they want to go against just the will of the American people. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, even the fucking Democrats that you know in your life will agree... We got to do something about the border. The caravan scared the shit out of them, guys. Those images of the caravan that were supposed to uh, make them look like sick and hungry and, oh, we got to do that. That's why they had to, like, fake those uh, photos later with, like, that fat bitch in the door of the Explorer shirt or what the fuck ever. It was frozen or whatever. It was fucking hilarious. That's why they had to, like, fake that. That, that didn't do it. Most people saw that on TV and were like, oh, fuck, that's an invasion. They didn't like it. Most of the Democrats that you know are not progressives. The progressives have taken over that party, and it's it's you cannot allow that to happen. I mean, it'll be funny when they all get eaten. You know? <laughs> you know I'll love it when they're like, oh, I thought eat the rich was a meme. No, no, they're gonna literally eat you because you're gonna turn it into a fucking socialist country and we won't have food. So that they're gonna eat these people, and that'll be really funny, but I'll be long dead. I'll be long dead. But uh Oh, God. If your kids are in the field and your wife's in the kitchen baking and you're sitting down with something cold in your hand, chances are you're getting ready to listen to Right to Right to Right. Last story of the night, and I'm going to leave you on a funny note. This is where technology is heading, man. Like, if you look at the Jetsons back in the uh, back in the 60s, they were like, oh, wow, in the future, we're going to have, like, flying cars and, like, 
I don't know why. I don't know why George's treadmill was outside. And and also, by the way, I'm not sure why they were so high up in the air. Why did they have to leave ground? They never addressed that in in the Jetsons. What the fuck? What was down there? Like I I. I I don't like to think what was down there, that they had to live that high in the air. So who knows? But, you know, it was like flying cars. and the, Of course, I guess if you think about it now, George worked at the cog factory. <laughs> like, like just cogs ran everything. It was kind of steampunk if you think about it. <laughs> but no, that is not what we're getting. We're not getting that. Uh, we are going to end up getting self-driving cars that are going to destroy everything um but no no we're getting we're getting the things that really matter this comes from the new york post this sex helmet lets you record vr porn awesome that's 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 so fucking necessary oh man that's so necessary forget using your phones to record sex tapes people will soon be able to capture themselves getting steamy across a 300 degree field of uh field of view which can then uh, then watch the virtual uh, on virtual reality goggles. Adult entertainment company VR Bangers, clever VR Bangers, recently unveiled a prototype for their HeadRig 2.0, which is equipped with seven cameras to record romps from a first-person perspective. The sex helmet was designed for male porn stars to wear during intimate encounters with female performers. That's got to be like really uncomfortable for the one <laughs> I mean, because you got to see this thing i'll put it now i'll put it in the chat but this is one you gotta you gotta uh, be sure to check the notes and take a look at this fucking stormtrooper helmet and what an amazing piece of, of fucking retarded equipment this thing is uh i mean it covers the eyes too like it's um i don't i, I don't know the sex helmet was designed for male porn stars to wear during intimate encounters with female performers uh, it also includes two microphones to record moans and groans from the video's stars. In the past, VR porn relied on strange-looking mannequin heads stuffed with microphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, porn is so weird! It's so weird! Like, why would you, I mean, dude, fuck, like, just do, just be a normal drug addict. Oh my god, it's so weird. In the past, VR porn, which didn't know it was a thing, had no fucking idea that it was a thing, but, like, now that I think about it, of course it's a thing. Of course, why would it not be? We have VR. Anytime there's any technology, like, trust me, as soon as they get the self-driving car, somebody's going to make it shaped like a dick, and it's going to self-drive into some dude's asshole. That, that's, that's it. The first thing, I swear to God, I'm sure in the Jetsons, they go to the cog factory. He's probably working in a fucking sex store or some porn store or whatever. Like, it's, it's every fucking, it's every time. I think we did a story recently it has been like a past couple months about this this jewish fella who was thinking about the self-driving cars and he was like that's gonna change the way that we buy hookers because he was immediately thinking about people fucking in these self-driving taxis I, it's I, it just i mean i don't i don't know I, it's i that's fucking strange but okay in the past vr porn relied on strange looking mannequin heads 
stuffed with microphones. This made it awkward for performers who were forced to maneuver underneath the dummy. <laughs> I've got to see this on eFucked. It's there's probably a video of some dude with like a mannequin head. <laughs> so fucking weird. I'm sorry. It's just weird. With, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, with our new head rig, it's actually finally possible for a female actress to kiss our male models for real. Xander Jones told the mirror that of, of, of VR bangers. What do you fucking say to that, dude? I I don't I don't I don't I don't. What are you What are you supposed to say to that? That's just I. It's just so fucking bizarre to me. I don't I I don't know. We're oh my god. We're we're about done. I guess. Um. Let me just uh. Let me just get this new thing. I found I found this guy. It was sent to me. I'm sure no a lot of you guys know him. Uh, school shooter. Um. Makes uh uh really really good music. Reminds me of uh, Jay Retard. Um, and uh, if I can find a short one, that's gonna be the thing to play us out because I still don't have the uh, uh uh the actual outro music. Uh, it's it's on the other computer. But um, yep. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, and to all, I'll see you either on the third or the ninth. And Spicky will be back. He will be back from vacation. So. We will uh, we'll go, ahead and, go ahead and call this one. Merry Christmas, fellas. You went right to my head And blew right through the oven You left me for dead In another shot like all over